questions get asked when people have hesitancy or reluctance to get vaccinated. Did you go too quickly is the first. The answer to that is the speed was a reflection of extraordinary scientific advances and did not compromise safety, nor did it compromise scientific integrity. The next question is, okay, but what about the fact, is it really safe and is it really effective? Or is this something the government is trying to put over on us? Is this something the companies want to take advantage of? Well, let's take a look at what's happened over the past few months. We've had clinical trials, and thanks to the volunteers in that trial, in tens of thousands who have put themselves on the line to prove to the country and the world that these are safe and effective products. It is really bittersweet. The bitterness is the fact of what the Vice President mentioned. We still are in the middle of a very difficult situation with record numbers of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. But the sweetness is the light at the end of the tunnel, which I can tell you, as we get into January, February, March, and April, that light is going to get brighter and brighter, and the bitterness is going to be replaced by the sweetness. And we all hope, and I think this is doable, that by the time we get to several months into this year, we will have enough people protected that we can start thinking seriously about the return to normality. And that's up to all of us to step forward and get vaccinated. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, February 18th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today, and I've got a jam-packed show for you today. Probably going to be a long one, as usual, but we're going to get a lot of stuff in here today that we haven't been able to discuss. We're going to actually catch up on what has been happening up until now and the Ukraine psyop that we're going to discuss and how that's obviously exactly what we were talking about before and where it is today is going to make it even more obvious for you all. And it's, it's, it's actually quite embarrassing to be really honest. I mean, it's embarrassing to watch them conduct themselves in a general sense, but this is just bad. Now I honestly am starting to ask as somebody else has recently asked as well, whether or not they actually are trying to make the idea of a false flag confusing and conflate the ideas so it just doesn't really make sense anymore, which is actually a valid point to make. We're going to get into why I actually don't think they're confused. I just don't think they care. It's just like somebody sent me a meme the other day in regard to the false flag concept or other things in regard to, you know, uh, Oprah Winfrey, you know, and you get a car and you get a car. I thought of that meme today and you're a false flag and you're a false flag and that's a false flag and that one is too and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It's just like, well, that, and that's probably called part of that false flag. It could be, and that might be, and they're going to build that for tomorrow. And that could be part of it too. It's just, it's, it becomes meaningless. And that's the ultimate point. And I'll show you why I'm saying they're confused on it because of what they just deemed the false flag. <laughs> just quite embarrassing. But we're going to talk about this in general today. And I hope you'll check out the work from before. So you understand the history around the discussion of Ukraine, Russia, United States, Crimea, separatist, you know, the whole conversation. 
but we're also going to get into the COVID-19 conversation. We're going to talk about the, the Scotland and UK data today. We're going to get into the pandemic of the injected and show how very obvious it is. We're going to have some updates on HIV, uh, uh, COVID-19 crossover, VADES conversation, and how even more seems to be building in this regard. I mean, this is going to be a long show, so make sure you buckle in and stay tuned to the end because we have a lot of great clips to watch. Carrie Mullis, Luke Montagnier, Dr. Fleming discussing HIV in Montagnier. We have a lot of great, important information to discuss. We're going to talk about the boosters and how they're clearly leaning into the fourth and thir- third and fourth shot, depending on where you are in the world. It- it's just getting utterly ridiculous. Somebody reached out and sent me the Moderna video we were trying to find, and it's interestingly correlated with other videos of, of mainstream, even government stuff that have been, I guess, censored or maybe hiding behind censorship as they remove it from your view. I mean, it's very interesting. But we have a lot to get into, and I really hope you will stay tuned to watch it all because it's important to see how not just that you're being lied to in a lot of different ways and manipulated, but how all of this, as always, connects. There's always a connection between what's going on and their overall agenda with foreign policy, with the regime change. And sometimes it's just as simple as a distraction, a little cat toy dangling over there. So everybody bats at that toy so they stop paying attention to the, the real prize. But as well as it, there's a larger agenda that's always been ongoing. So let's get into it, not waste any more time because there's a lot to talk about today. But to start off, I wanted, I've been holding these off to the side because I wanted to shout these out in general. And I believe we have some of them in the chat right now. Uh, Tennessee Pirate, I see right there. This is a great idea. Not just, I'm not talking about the idea of the pirate post. I do like that idea as well, as do if I do say so myself. But this is a, the, this is a, there's been a lot of people like this jumping in and, and just, hit the ground running, grabbing this idea and making their own like local area pirate post and pirate vagabond Tennessee and so on. I really hope other people will do this as well. Jump in there and start making this a a group concept, a local idea and build these channels. And it may not be that I end up taking over all of them. You know, maybe we don't get censored again, or maybe there's just too many of them, but nonetheless, it can be there and we can have them. And the idea would be to build these channels with our network. So if I do get kicked off of it, I can just jump into the next one. And, you know, and look, at this point, I don't even care if you guys use it alongside me. It doesn't even matter because this don't there's no way these will fully represent me the way these been crossed over every way. They'll do it anyway. But build these guys. Hashtag TLAV pirate posts. The idea behind this is simply if you're out there and you want to participate, shoot an email right at the last American vagabond dot com. Put TLAV pirate posts or just pirate streams or whatever you want in the in the subject. And we'll we'll realize it's Twitter versus YouTube if you give us the information. Because we're also doing it with T-Lab Pirate Streams on YouTube, which is clearly working and they can't stand it. And the idea being is that we will connect with you and and possibly use the channel. And meanwhile, you should be building this and sharing it and searching for anything T-Lab related or T-Lab hashtag T-Lab Pirate posts. Retweet it, share it every single time. We'll grow the network. And I, I honestly don't see how they can stop this. If we really do this, just like with YouTube, censorship in there as they see it becomes meaningless, doesn't it? We're changing the game, the rules of the game. That's what we have to do. We can't play within their lines anymore. So this is the idea, guys. Do this, support us, build them. And even just having a channel like this and sharing all of our posts will continue to help anyway. But time will come. I'm sure I'll be using one of these next. So thank you, especially since you're in the chat right now. Really appreciate it, my friend. Keep these going. Now, and and at the same point, I'm not going to try to dictate your content, but just recognize that even to a small degree, it does still represent TLAV. So do act accordingly, right? We want, we want to be better and show them that we're better. And I'm talking about the mainstream media in, in particular. Uh, here was just one of their posts as well. I thought was pretty funny. And it just says, uh, starting a T-Lab chapter or Tennessee chapter for Pirate Vagabond Movement. Twitter be like, 
<laughs> just a cute little cat pick, but you know, trying to stop the, the fingers popping up. And I, I agree. This is what we need to be doing too many for them to stop. Right now on another one last personal note, I mentioned this, but I wanted to share it in general because I really does. I, in fact, I just, I, another, not you need to know this, but I, in fact, am even having that first letter framed because of how much it meant to me and how it was the letter that I read to you about the, the person reaching out saying that they're, they, he felt I saved their parents' lives. And this is the parents reaching out and saying, you know what? I was, he says, I was shocked and elated the other day when you read out the letter from my son on your show. I echo his comments and commend TLAB for helping me and my family tune into the truth about COVID-19. Having once been a slave to the CNN narrative, I'm happy to say that my wife and I are now tuned into your show and regularly follow The Defender, Strong and Free Canada, The Iron Will Show, and other sources of accurate information. We recently returned from Ottawa, and this is so important, guys. Where this is what I was mentioning, and we'll have a quick note on Ottawa as well, where we stood with the truckers to demand an end to all vaccine mandates and otherwise restrict and other restrictions. We appreciate all you do. This means everything to me, and I hope it does for you as well. Because everyone in the chat, everyone sharing the link, everyone support supporting us and fighting for this. You did this too. We all did this. We are changing people's lives, not by giving information and telling them what to do, but by giving them information and allowing them to think for themselves, right? The idea being is that they want people to listen and trust and follow what they tell them to do because that's what you should do, but that's wrong. Intelligent people, objective people, think for themselves. That's exactly why in the beginning of this, they told you that researching and thinking for yourself was what conspiracy theorists do. You're damn right. You're damn right they do. And that's why we're aware of what's happening. This is important because we are reaching people. Don't ever forget that. And the last point was that this person was in Ottawa. This person was there, not as a left or a right, but as an objective person standing up for freedom. So whether or not this is the only person in the entire crowd of white supremacists trying to break things and start fires, which is, I'm obviously being facetious. That's not what's happening. But even if that was it, you still can't pretend that everybody there is one thing. You still can't pretend that by default, supporting this makes you something. Or that if they're going to do them over here in the United States, well, because of what happened in Canada, we already have to shut them down and break their rights. And well, that's ridiculous. And the point being, guys, I can, my opinion, it is by and large organic. But I do recognize that there's a problem happening with this. And they are using it against us. Doesn't mean we should stop. But recognize that they are absolutely trying, and if not already, co-opting the whole thing. That's why leaderless kind of concepts are what I'm always about. Just go out there and protest. Go out there and support this. We don't need leaders that are almost always partisan to stand up and, and represent the, everybody. We don't need demands. We just need people to recognize that we won't move until these absurdly unconstitutional, illegal mandates go away. Now, my point is not to stop traffic, but to stop them from their free movement, right? The politicians in regard to the capitals and so on. You have a right to protest there just like anywhere else. Now, on that note in general, I wanted to read a couple of notes from people. Actually, this, uh, oh, I have a note about Ottawa in regard to that point from last week that I'll make as we go through this, but I'll read these first. Somebody reached out saying, hey, Ryan, I love your work. Was sitting at the Belfast International Airport waiting for my flight and thought I'd tune in the TLAP for a daily update. Being connected to the free airport Wi-Fi, I got the following warning. Guess what, guys? That your site has been filtered for possible illegal drugs, entertainment, etc. Just, you know, whatever. Throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. What a joke, he says. Anyway, I just by just bypassed it using the tethering hotspot on my mobile. Thought I'd share. Cheers and keep up the good work. And in fact, sent even the image. It's, you know, small, lower resolution. But it does indeed say, sorry, the domain. The domain has been blocked by the filtering policy. Guess what it says? And it's TLAV indeed. 
the URL has been categorized under illegal drugs, entertainment, and videos, and, and then news at the end. So they're at least acknowledging that it's news, which is ridiculous, but it's saying, if you feel this was blocked in air, please submit a request. They're literally claiming that this is an illegal website that's potentially breaking the law or whatever, but that's not the point. The point is, not only are we very clearly making a difference, they recognize that. Let's not pretend like an airport. Like, look, this doesn't have to be like somebody at the airport or some huge person made a conscious choice to write that. We're on a list, though, and we already saw that by, I mean, this was months ago. We were on the Google list alongside a lot of pretty high-profile people. Just because they pretend like we're some smaller entity doesn't mean, the reason is we're different. We're by, we're nonpartisan, and we are actively maintaining objectivity. It doesn't mean we're always right. But that's abnormal today, and we all see that. And I'm not by even remotely the only one. I do see a lot of newer, budding people on the smaller end of this doing so, and it makes me very happy. But by and large, that's not what most people do. So we kind of get relegated to the middle ground where we don't get acknowledged by the partisan sides, and that's usually how you get a little bit of boost even while you're being censored. We end up somewhere in the middle, and we depend on you, and that's all we care about, your support. But the point is, they see what we're doing, and we're on those big lists. And they're blocking us from airport domain lists of people they don't want you to see. That's crazy. You're making a difference, guys, if you missed the point. <laughs> and you should be proud of that. And TLAV is going to continue to be censored. They're going to continue to try to illegalize what we're doing. That's what this is. And I'll Star made that great video we played about censorship, which was hilarious. And guess what? Right after they did that, censor, 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 four, four videos in a row right after that. Gee, I wonder if they got the message. <laughs> and this is TikTok and Instagram. They're all part of the problem, guys. I just love it. I think it's hilarious. Keep going, Star. You're knocking them out of the park. Oh, and then I noticed that this today, and it could have just been me, or it could have been all of Twitter. I'm not sure. But just like happened last time where you go to post and it says, oops, made a mistake or oops, you already did that or whatever. It happens every time, which still happens to me on this account. It also wouldn't let me look at the accounts. Every time I loaded a tweet, it would say something went wrong. So um, I think this might be getting knocked off soon. So Tennessee Pirate, I might be coming your way, but just recognize that it's coming. And no, I won't stop. We're going to keep doing this till the wheels fall off. Oh, I forgot about this one. Hey, guess what, guys? Looks like PayPal's coming crawling back saying, we, we were wrong, Ryan. You can come back and use it. We kind of made a mistake. They'll never say that openly, or I'm not even really saying that's what they're saying. It's probably just because they want you to come back to them and say, okay, I'll do something different. But PayPal reached out after stealing my money and then not giving it back and now coming in and going, you know, you can come back and use it a little bit if you want, but you have to admit you were wrong or whatever they try to get me to do. But it says your account has been partially restored. You utter absolute cowards. I will never, ever come back. Hell no, I will not use PayPal again. Hashtag boycott PayPal. Not only are they just going to give me another, they want me to come back and use it and collect again and, so, and use that predominantly so they can kick me off again and pull the rug out or whatever or track my movements. That's not going to happen. Why would anybody do that? It says your account has been partially restored. Without the money, though. <laughs> it also says we reviewed information and provided a reference. And it says, we require more information from you, though. We've still limited some features on your account, so nothing has changed except they're trying to get me to come back. Notice that? You'll need to provide the remaining information to regain your account. What information? They want me to admit I was wrong. They want me to probably remove something. <laughs> you don't know me well enough by now, PayPal. Hashtag boycott PayPal. But you know what that looks like to me, guys? It looks like a win. That looks like we are winning. Good way to start the show today, right? Okay, now here's another point that I wanted to uh, kind of, uh, I did have, I did leave this open and I did mention this, but I 
I guess the more of the coverage was focused on the idea that it felt like it was being blocked a lot, the, the, the traffic. And somebody posted at the very least from what they saw. And I did want to I did want to give this a, fo- a focal point so we'd realize that it was at least in many ways this. And I heard this from a lot of people. He says, hey, Ryan, comment concerning the obstruction of free movement of the popular population by the trucker convoy, which, by the way, is happening in a lot of places. That's clear. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's always because of them, because remember, they get, you know, kettled by the cops and everything else. But it says my wife and daughter were in Ottawa for four days last week. There are also a lot of live feeds you can watch, even on YouTube. The occupation of the streets by the trucks and people is so well organized and thoughtful of their impact, which, by the way, I have seen that myself a lot. On the population, that circul- uh, that circulation is in no way stopped anywhere. I, I wouldn't say nowhere, but parts of the streets are blocked, but lanes are kept open. I just realized I was not going to show his name, but I forgot. I guess it doesn't matter. Sorry, Benjamin. People also made sure to keep a fluid circulation from day one. Trucks move from residential areas in the last day, so they impact the population as little as possible. Right now, all officials have no shame pointing to plain lies, easily refutable, and so on. So, And I just want to make sure we saw that. That is happening, which at the very least shows you that they're taking effort, making an effort to keep it open. But I still argue that we should go away from doing the streets and just literally like they were doing in Europe, or at least trying to do, encircle the capitals in a legal way. Right. That's how you do this, in my opinion. But nonetheless, I do want to point out that I do think what this is, is by and large organic and that it is. We should be supporting this, but just be aware of how it is being used against us. Now, on this couple last notes for Canada, since we got into that Canada protests. uh, Wait, what was the thing I did there? I want to make sure. Oh, and that was the point, too, that we have these people that were there just making that clear that this was free, you know, not what they're making it out to be, which we should know by now. Now, from BBC Today, Canada protests, police begin to make arrests at Ottawa protests. Now, this is just because they have illegalized what's happening. This isn't just in any way. Just like we always reference when regard to like Black Lives Matter or whatever else, it's wildly different in the way they address this. In fact, with a lot more obvious violence, at least from my perspective, happening in Antifa specifically. Protests, right? Now, it says the operation started early on Friday morning in central Ottawa with 70 arrests. People that were just present, right? These are not people that were caught in the act of a violent act. They're claiming that's happened without proving that and then arresting people because they said so. Police have accused protesters, you see, accused them of using children. Oh, this is different, but this is crazy to me. Using children as a shield between lines of officers. Okay, so you make, this is almost exactly, this is why, like what we're seeing happen in Ukraine and Russia for, for, to, to draw a parallel, right? These are people out there, at least some of them, if not all of them, out there because they want to protest against this unjust situation. Now, whether there's somebody out there breaking things or doing something they've deemed illegal, there's a lot of people that are out there with their families to just protest peacefully for what they believe in, which, by the way, is their right. And they pretend like that's not happening, but you know it is. There's video of plenty of just families and happy people and whatever else, okay? So then they go, by and large, illegal. Or not by and large, excuse me. They just go broadly illegal, right? Because we say so, illegal, And then everybody there is suddenly a criminal. Now, does that mom with her three children in the middle of it all know that? No. Now, they do say, now you guys have to leave, but they're there protesting. Are you supposed to just meekly run away when the authority that you're protesting tells you you're no longer allowed to? How does that even become a protest? It's absurd. Now, the point being, when they they start kettling and moving in with their militarized MRAPs and police against children and and women and old people, and then also men, right? I mean, there's a broadly multifaceted group out there. 
What happens to those children and the moms? Oh, well, apparently now they're using children as shields because we did this and we illegalized it. We marched in on you while you were protesting. What were they supposed to do? Call them an Uber? Like, you don't realize how willfully dishonest that is? Like, they're using shields? Like, they're, I mean, they're trying to draw parallels with what they're seeing, like, in, like, Syria, for instance. They're using children as shields or old people's shields, which, by the way, were U.S.-backed terrorists that were, in fact, doing that, as Vanessa Bealey made very clear. But can, this is just so insulting. Are we really going to pretend that these mothers, that they want people on a partisan side of this to go, that's what Republicans do. They're going to throw their children in the way. That's because these are partisan people that are completely lost to the illusion. Now, I'm not going to be clear to point out that just, just as much right and left, same difference in a more extreme different ways, but the same kind of manipulation. But this is how they're framing that. A group of protesters have remained in the city in defiance of the orders to leave. Yeah, that's called protesting, an unjust order, right? They're not breaking laws other than you making something they did that was moments ago legal, illegal. They're peacefully protesting. Now, again, you want to point to somebody who did something violent, then address that person. You can't just broadly put everybody in a massive protest as suddenly violent because you point to one thing that probably did happen, right? But the same difference, and you point to the one person at Antifa breaks a window, are, are every single one of them suddenly violent? I would still argue no, but that's they argue that they look at that in nuance on that side of it. And just my point I said a moment ago, the right would say, well, they're all violent because that happened. That's just as dishonest, isn't it? But I would argue, as I've seen, there's a hell of a lot more violence in these specifically Antifa protests that we've seen. Now, it says freedom was never free, one of the protesters said. So what if they put you in handcuffs and put you in jail? Yeah, good for them. Right. That's 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 what it means to put it on the line. Right. Some of the remaining protesters formed a line in front of approaching officers, linking arms and singing, oh, Canada. Yeah. What terrorists. Right. Singing the national anthem in peaceful protest putting their children in front of his shields, right? Clearly. The city's interim police chief, Steve Ball, said on Friday afternoon that those arrested face various charges, including mischief. <gasps> oh, no. You see, that's all they can do. Are, and, and by the way, 90% of those people, they won't, even let, they won't even be able to make that stick. You know why? Because they don't have anything on these people. That's why this all dissolves in the front of you and actually ends up becoming some kind of a charge. They're just trying to get rid of these people. You're going to charge an old woman with mischief who was standing there peacefully just because somebody on the other side of the town broke some window? Like, that's ridiculous. And in the court of law, it would be seen as such. That's why all they have is mischief unless they caught them in an act. That's, you know, that's called law, right? You have to actually have a law they broke and caught them and then hold them accountable. Mischief. Are you kidding me? We would not say how many protesters remain at the site. He would not say. Or how long the police operation is expected to take. Quote, we will work day and night until this is completed. Right. The, you know, we'll work day and night to dutifully remove their rights. Police have also towed 21 vehicles as part of the operation. Just so you know where we are. Now, I want to make sure I also point out that people like Glenn Beck and plenty of others are breathlessly reporting this as the end of everything. And it's very important. Right. But it's interesting to me to see what they seem to focus on and how they seem to over embellish certain things when but this has been where were they? I don't know. My point is that this partisan media is very dishonest in all of this and the way that they the timing of when they decide to focus on certain things and ignore certain things. This is obviously important. And what's happening here is horrific. What Canada has become in a very short period of time, or rather revealed that they always were, is crazy. We need to see that, but from a nonpartisan lens, because it's not partisan, regardless of whether that person says they're one thing or the other. Until we can see past that, we'll still stay on the hamster wheel, guys. Now, 
We just talked about this in this show in regard to the fake war with Russia that's being used to used or U.S., which was intentional, by the way, to hide war on you. That's what's happening in Canada. That's what's happening in the United States. This is used in all plenty of other things to hide the war that is being waged against you. And the law and everything that they're passing in regard to this is the, the Emergencies Act. That's all what we're talking about. And speaking of the Emergencies Act, actually, before we get there, I wanted to play this clip about what the cop is actually saying. But we're going to get to the fact that guess what Trudeau just did? Oh, that's right. He suspends the debate on whether he can use the Emergency Act because of the Emergency Act. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Well, here, let's listen to this because you didn't see it last time because this is Ottawa, right? This is the exact location where they're claiming everything is out of control and it's all, it's overcome with suppre- white supremacists and, and Nazis, which, by the way, they're literally openly supporting in Ukraine, but pretending that doesn't act, you know, constitute the most in absurd hypocritical contradiction of all time, right? But listen to what he said about what's actually going on. I'm here with a police officer in Ottawa. How are you doing today? Doing great. How's it been down here? Uh, nothing but good. People are super good. The truckers have been uh, having a good time. They've been getting their point across. And, you know, it's a beautiful city that we're in, and uh, we can't ignore all of this. Right? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Right. So they've been kind. They've been nice. They've been they 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 can't ignore it. Right. That's a police officer. So either he's a liar, which is certainly possible. Or they're lying to you. Now, it's very clear, by the way, that this is somebody who's there who did see it and he's a police officer. So that's supposed to be something that you at least take at like the way that they would. I'm not saying you should, but take it face value. Right. But they just ignore stuff like this because of the narrative, which is always what this is about. It's always about the narrative they're trying to push, guys. It's never been more clear than right now. But see, this kind of stuff just gets ignored because this is what was supposed to happen. Canada's parliament suspends debate. A debate that they were they were desperate to have about whether he's allowed to use this act, right? And even the Canadian Civil Liberties Organization, I believe is what it was called, or something of that nature we just talked about last show, spoke up and said he's not allowed to do this. Literally, what he did is wildly unjust, paraphrasing. And then, so they're going to have a debate about whether it's even legal. And then he uses that, that's in question as being legal, to suspend the debate. This is what it looks like to be above the law. This is authoritarian, totalitarian. This is what it looks like when the law is just a tool. It's a prop. That doesn't mean anything if they can just do this. And this is what it looks like to be living in a world of constant emergency, right? After 9-11, that's, this is an emergency world. Opioid crisis, the, the, you know, a, a hard storm, whatever. In an emergency, which gives them all sorts of powers that we don't discuss. It's incredible. Over, he suspends the uh, debate over the Emergency Act debate, over fears for MPs' safety. As hundreds of police descend on the Freedom Convoy. Okay, so police descend on a peaceful protest and arrest people, which doesn't seem to be having a big problem, and that is, you're worried for the safety of people in a different location, and that's enough for you to suspend this? This guy is a obvious criminal. Nobody thinks that makes sense. Nobody. That's like saying you're going to suspend the debate at the UN because something happened in another country. That's crazy, and you know that. And he's hiding from what's happening. That's happening all over the world, ladies and gentlemen. Now, before we get into more COVID-19, let's make sure we understand the same kind of deception that's happening in Ukraine. Now, for anybody that wants to give an update that might have something might have popped off in the last couple hours, make sure you let me know in the chat, tag me, and I'll take a look over here. Now, this is where we are right now. For those that I hope you will take again, take a moment and watch the shows we did in regard to the Ukraine. I love this picture, by the way. Hype, lies, and psyops, how the false flag Ukraine narrative was bungled. And that was the first one. That was yesterday. 
And it happened again because I genuinely think that they're confused. But here is what the very trustworthy defense intelligence of Ukraine put out today. Because you know how we can trust Ukraine, right? The obvious regime change puppet government of the United States. So it might as well be the United States speaking. And and then add in a little mix or a lot of mix of white supremacy and neo-Nazi groups that are running their government and their entire military that the U.S. government has been arming and funding and supporting. In fact, has just sent troops there to arm and fund and, and train civilians within their battalions. The exact same groups working alongside people like Craig Lang, the guy that they're pretending they're going after right now and saying he's a white supremacist and he killed people in Florida and we're trying to extradite him. No, you're not. He's living in Ukraine with his family. They just reported this in the mainstream media. Yeah, he's got an ankle bracelet, but yeah, you're really trying to go after him, aren't you? That is the same groups that are working and running the military of Ukraine that your government is 100% okay with. I go deep on this in these shows. Please take the time to dive into this. The Azov Battalion from 2014 to now is now part of the National Guard, part of the, it's the Interior Ministry, has been, is involved with the creation and the ongoing group. This is part of the government that your government is well aware of. That in fact, in the beginning of this, this recent part that we're seeing, a Democratic senator reached out to Biden and said, these people are really dangerous. These are terrorists. And they just didn't say anything. And when Newsweek reached out for comment about why they didn't care about neo-Nazis when they're pretending to fight neo-Nazis, they said, we care about Ukrainian sovereignty. That's where we are. It's absolutely absurd. And this, guys, is a clear psychological operation. That doesn't mean something's not going to actually happen. I don't believe it will unless Ukraine does it because they're trying to push the U.S.'s hand. But here's what just happened. So so stemming coming off of the last kindergarten discussion, it was apparently where they claimed a kindergarten was bombed. Except it was bombed, they claim, and it does seem pretty clearly based on the location, the video, and everything else they showed that I verified myself is in Ukraine, right? So they're talking about a kindergarten in Ukraine or right on the border, at least close to the Donsk area, okay? And they're claiming the separatists bombed it, like right on the other side of the border, right? And then they said, that's a false flag, as if they don't even understand what a false flag is claiming that Russia is going to use that act to justify action against Ukraine. Do you not realize how dumb that is? So if you don't understand a false flag, the idea is to commit an act and frame it on somebody else to say, like, shoot protesters and say, oh, it was Assad that did it. Now we have to go in to save them, even though you were the one that put people there to shoot them. You see, that's how it works. U.S. government's been caught doing that many times. Now, explain for me how it makes sense for Russia to, or even separatists that are supposed to be backed by Russia, to bomb a in Ukraine and then go, what we just did right there is justification for us to go into Ukraine. Yeah. You notice how that doesn't make sense at all. That's what they just tried to argue. In fact, Boris Johnson stood up and said, that's the false flag. I think he jumped the gun there, didn't he? (laughs) Okay. So that all fell apart in real time because that was really dumb. Even though there was a tweet that went out that kind of tried to argue that it was in Russia. And I think they bungled it. I think it was meant to be a false flag that they were trying to create and blame on Russia and they lost control of it. Or who knows? Maybe they're just really bad at this. Either way, it was pretty embarrassing for them to pretend that that was even remotely, even in the wheelhouse of a false flag. On top of that, Ukraine is very, 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 very untrustworthy, and you should be questioning what's happening there. Not Ukraine, the country, but you, I should say the government of Ukraine that is currently under the control of the U.S. government. That is absolutely, it's, it might as well be Idlib and the, the terrorists happening there in the form of white supremacy. That's what we're dealing with here, that the U.S. government has been building and growing and, not, and allowing to happen while pretending to fight white supremacy in the country. Now here they're saying, the public relations service of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine is authorized to state 
that Ukraine's military intelligence has information that Russian special forces, so they're not claiming separatists, they're claiming Russia, have mined a number of social infrastructure facilities, as in bombs, in Dunsk, in order to further undermine them. Okay, so this came out today, early today. Now you can see right here that there's stuff going off. We'll get to it in a minute. Explosions in Eastern Ukraine. Isn't it funny? Perfectly timed. So Ukraine comes out and goes, they're doing this. They're putting mines around the infrastructure of the territory that they support. Right, because that's strategically smart, right? Like, think of, first of all, before we even get to the really dumb part, if you understand a false flag, let me, let me explain what would actually be the smartest thing for Russia to do, let's say. Now you could argue that it would make sense for them to you know, like if you were going to frame a false flag, carry out some kind of an attack on the separatist area and claim that it was Ukraine. And they could point at it and say, Ukraine just bombed this area, right? So but you, what you should be asking yourself is, first of all, what benefit does that gain Russia? Now, that you could argue that they are desperate to create this conflict to be able to invade Ukraine. Now, there doesn't seem to be any indication that's something that they actually want to achieve in this moment, other than what the U.S. government has jammed down everyone's throats with absolutely no evidence. Doesn't mean it's not true. But it means that they continue to scream this over months without even a fraction, a, a, a less than there is. If there is such a thing as less than zero evidence, there's a, that that would be perfect for what they're dealing with. So why would we believe that? Now, on the other way around here, you could argue that they, that if they actually did that, Ukraine, let's say, wouldn't that be a perfect situation? Because Ukraine has been act, Ukraine has been clearly trying to do this in this area. The Ukraine believes that's part of their territory, even though it's something the U.S. has overthrown. In it's a ridiculous, muddled situation. So who has the, who has the, who would benefit from that, right? As always, Cape Boner, who benefits? Well, obviously Ukraine, obviously the United States government that's been predicting this and wanting to have a justification to do all of this stuff, which is basically what they're openly saying without actually saying we want this to happen. Just like with Assad chemical weaponing, bombing a bunch of children, there's zero actual strategic benefit. And if you watch how Russia's conducted itself throughout the entire Syria situation, it's very clear that this is the stoop, the last thing that makes sense in what they've done before. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Okay, so they come up today and say they put bombs around their territory. Now, if they did, wouldn't it be the easiest thing in the world for them to prove that? Yeah, it really would, especially if they claim they know that. Take a picture. Give us even the smallest amount of evidence to back this up. But nope, Ukraine says they did this. And then weirdly enough, moment later in the day with zero evidence, things start happening. Now, yes, that could be something Russia did. That's something you have to consider. But you have to stand back and look at the larger picture and the evidence and what makes sense. Not just because the U.S. said this is about to happen and then something happened. We should ask whether, based on the U.S. government's history, whether they are the ones that literally are doing what they're claiming Russia would do claiming something's about to happen and then carrying it out. You see, the difference is Russia's not saying that. The U.S. is saying they're going to do that. And then it's like they're pushing them into being that brute. It's, it's kind of embarrassing, guys. This is a really, really poorly conducted manipulation. Like even if Russia is about to do this, the way the U.S. is conducting itself is clumsy, which seems to indicate to me that that's not what's actually happening. But going forward, it says... These measures are aimed at destabilizing the situation in the temporary occupied territories of our state. In other words, the independent territories of the, of the Donbass region and create gr grounds for accusing Ukraine of terrorist attacks. Finally, the public relations service of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine urges Donk's residents not to leave their homes and not to use public transport. Okay, so you're telling me that you're... That, 
They're claiming Russia has not not the separatists, but Russian special forces have encircled the area with bombs. So don't leave. (laughs) Maintain the presence of your dangerous situation and stay there because there's bombs everywhere. Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Now, what you're going to find is what happened is both the Donbass region and Russia are executing evacuations or so they claim. Okay. Then they jump in and go, there's the false flag. They're, they're faking that they're leaving false flag. I'm not even making that up. Now, let me ask, let me ask you a question. If the argument from Ukraine is that they're putting bombs in here to carry out a situation that would destabilize it, they could blame on the Ukraine. Why would they immediately start evacuating everybody? And then why would they call that the false flag if you just said they're planting bombs? Like, is the false flag the threat of potential bombs that never happen? You guys are confused, I think. Or this is so clumsy and bad, and they're just, Ukraine's driving the narrative right now without the U.S.'s permission, and they're trying to reel to make it make sense. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but this is bad. Okay, now after they say this, suddenly, not suddenly, but I think we're looking at, uh, where were we here? We're talking midday and then later, like, you know, ha- ha- I think we'll just hours later, put it that way. Hours after evacuation order. So after they order people to leave. So this is the stupidest part about this is they they say they're about to do this. Then the evacuation begins. And look, to be completely fair, you could argue because they got caught, let's say, which I don't think is happening, that they execute an evacuation to make it look like it. You, know, you see what I mean? You could always play into this. But we need evidence, don't we? For either argument from any side. Car bomb explodes after that in eastern Ukraine. Okay, eastern Ukraine. So they're claiming they put bombs in the separatist area of Donbass. And then they evacuate after that, but then if something explodes in Ukraine, and that makes sense, like it all connects, right? Clearly not. But they don't care because that's what I said in the beginning. You're a false lie. You are that over there. Oh, there's a hard breeze. That's probably part of what they're doing. Oh, the sun came up today. That's part of the, that's false flag. It just doesn't make, it doesn't make, I, I could be less ridiculous about it. I just say that, okay, these, you know, I mean, it, it, they're just pointing at anything anywhere and saying that might be part of it. I'm not even making that up. They're actually just pointing at suggesting that's probably part of it, or it could be when you see cyber attacks and everything else everywhere. They're just laying it all out there. Now, yeah, this, I wasn't going to read anything in this, but I, there's more to this in a second, but it just says has occurred out. Yeah. Just outside the separatist controlled area. That's important. Very important. Now, going forward, independent Ukraine news, Germany afraid of Russia false flags as Jeep blows up in separatist city dunks. Okay. Now what's going on? Okay. So local reports make sure that we're clear that we understand this is not inside that area. No, no, no. This is in Eastern Ukraine outside of the separatist controlled area. Jump right over here to US media or rather UK media and they say the opposite. Hmm. I think they got their narrative mixed up here because the idea would be that it would be inside the separatist area if you wanted to make this a false flag narrative. But you see the local media, rather the, the media outside of the US-UK controlled area are telling you the opposite because that's pretty clearly what happened. If you broadly understand, if you broadly look at the reports from inside and out, it's pretty clear this was in eastern Ukraine, not inside the, the Donbass region. <laughs> Oops. Well, there's a lot of these you'll find, right? Why would they report that? UK government insists there's no evidence Russian forces all withdrawing inside their own country. Yeah, because we know how much the UK government, the US government are completely attuned to the moves inside of Russia all the time, right? How about you show us the evidence, right? Where's, what is the evidence we have that shows that they're not withdrawing, right? How do you know that? 
Why don't they give you anything? They just go, U.S. intelligence says, oh, we can't declassify, top secret. Why do we take these people at face value? Now, you'll find in here, the Russian state media on Friday said that a Jeep, a park Jeep with nobody inside had blown up in a government building in the rebel-held city of Donks. Now, that's not what I'm seeing from the media there. This is, in my opinion, UK media representing what they're claiming. This is, this is what I think we're seeing is a, an attempt to argue that this is a false flag. And that's not what we're actually seeing unless you look at the US and UK media. Here is the CNN reports saying, uh, where was it? I'm going to start here. So State Department reacts to Donbass evacuations. U.S. State Department spokesperson said Friday that reported evacuations, eastern Ukraine, and a car bombing in the city of Donks are further attempts to obscure uh, through lies and disinformation that Russia is aggressor in this conflict. It says, this type of false flag operation is exactly what Blinken highlighted in his remarks to the Security Council. Okay, so saying that people are evacuating and they're not evacuating is what he's calling a false flag operation. Think about how ridiculous that is. They don't even understand what that means. Now, you could call it a lie, and we'll get into what they're claiming is the lie. They're even going so far as to debunk that these evacuations are happening. I mean, this is getting really ridiculous. It goes on to say the spokesperson continued that it's also cynical and cruel to use human beings as pawns to distract from the world from the fact that Russia is building up its forces in its own country. I don't know how many, it's so embarrassing they keep pushing this. Now, the point is, who else uses humans as pawns to distract the world from what they're doing. Oh, that's right. Israel, Saudi Arabia, the United States, you know, and Russia and China too. But how about we recognize that that's obviously something that they're very, very, very good at. Just point to any country and I'll give you 15 examples, right? I mean, this is incredibly dishonest, but they, this is, they can't stand up and be like, we do it too. They have to lie because they're bad people. Pretty much all these governments are, and that's important to always remember. But just think of how many examples we could point to, or even we're talking about Syria with the people there, the ones that they funded, or any other situation in every possible way. We've seen a thousand examples in Venezuela. Look at look at Bolivia, where they use the very people that they're overthrowing to justify what they did. Now they have a outside government in control. All the Bolivian people know that. They voted even Morales in, and even MIT pointed out that they manipulated and lied about the election to do what they did. Nobody cares now. It's too late. Already got it. But they they care about the people, right? It says Russia is the sole instigator of these tensions. Oh, yeah, because the drills you held inside Ukraine with NATO allies on September 20th or before, that wasn't a provocation. And then when they held drills in response, you pointed that like a provocation when they're even doing it inside their own country. Yeah, easy to point this out. They're the only ones. What about the 3,000 troops you moved to Poland or the people you're moving to Denmark or all the other bases you have encircling Russia? None of that matters. It has put its troops on Ukraine's borders. Yeah, you mean Russia's border too? And routinely abuses the and violates the rights of the people of Donbass and Crimea. Oh, do they? I'd love to see evidence of that. You realize that Crimea voted to go to, I mean, these people openly support Russia. They're just black, broad, like, I can't believe how willfully they're lying about this stuff when you can easily look this stuff up, even from media that's inside the United States. This is, I think they're off the rails at this point, whether it's COVID or anything else. Just like we saw with Ned Price, they say it, that is the fact. Because I don't think they have even remote, they don't even have the narrative on their side anymore. I think they're losing this. A bombing struck a car Friday outside the main government building in the major city of Donsk. They're claiming, according to the Associated Press journalists there. Oh, shocking. Remember, remember when we just talked about this and how we had Reuters journalists and different people there? Yeah, that's concerning. 
And then let's, oh, suddenly this thing happens right where they happen to be. How, it's interesting, isn't it? The heads of separatist forces uh, on and on. Now here, next point, Biden stands up and talks about this. And so does the State Department. State Department calls the evacuations from Eastern Ukraine false flag operations, warns of distractions. The State Department Friday condemned the evacuations, condemned the evacuation calls by Russia state-backed separatists in Eastern Ukraine as false flag operations. That is really embarrassing. This is Blinken. That's why I used his picture on there. You either don't know what a false flag is, or you're using that to conflate the idea of just fake, what you say is fake information with false flags. Because the, the government that has the most obvious reputation of carrying out literal false flags is, uh, is clearly the U.S. government. Maybe that's why they're trying to do that. Now, if these people were being, like, let's say you were, the argument was they were bombed on the way, and you said Ukraine did it, and you actually carried it out, that would be a false flag, not just lying about something. That's embarrassing. You see it just refreshed right there. That's all I love how they always, they don't trust sites like that. Announcements like these are further attempts to obscure through lies and disinformation that Russia is the aggressor. I would love to see an example of one aggressive act that they've conducted this entire time. Now, you can op- opaquely point to things you claim are happening, like cyber attacks, but I'd love to see you prove that because they won't. But where's the aggression here? Moving troops up to your own border because of actions that are happening on their side, or just because you want to, is not an aggression act. It's not aggressive at all, in fact. But here we are. I mean, this, these people are the villains of, this, of what we're looking at today. Doesn't mean the Russian government is just, couldn't be just as villainous in their side and this was reversed. But right now in the situation, we are watching them paint themselves clearly as the villain here, as the manipulator. This type of false flag operation is exactly what Blinken highlighted. Claiming to evacuate people from an area that you claim they were bombs in and then not doing it. Yeah, false flag. Well, Biden says he's convinced. Well, cool, I'm sold. Biden clearly knows what's going on, doesn't he? That's it. Biden says he's convinced. So you claim it was going to happen a week ago. You claim it was going to happen a week after that. You claim it was going to happen a month after that. But now you're convinced. So why would we take that if you were convinced a month ago and it was days away? It was eminent, you said. Do you know what the word eminent means, Biden? I don't think he does. At this, As of this moment, I'm confident he's made the decision. Do, why do we, do, I mean, is any honest mainstream media would go up and be like, like Matt Lee would say, okay, prove it to us. Why do you know he's made that decision? Like you're actually talking about intent and, act, and, and his thought process. How in the world can you argue that? Clown world, guys. We're in a clown world. That's what this is. Now, Pelosi warns of swift, severe consequences. Oh, no. Because you know how Pelosi can strike fear in the hearts of Putin, right? They're laughing at this, guys. They are laughing at these people. And you know what? It wouldn't even surprise me if they recognized how clumsy and bad this is and then actually did something. That would not surprise me because this is clearly an opportunity to take advantage of how bad this is. Swift, severe consequences, she says. U.S. preps big banks for Russian cyber attacks. It's just all over the place. NATO allies concerned by Zelensky's move to leave Ukraine. Threat of Russian invasion, almost certain. Now you've got their puppet president leaving? Guys, this is not what happens. There's something weird going on. This is like, he's getting out of the way. I think, I mean, this is, if a, if this was a person that was backed by the U.S. government and they, and they were claiming he was going to invade and they weren't going to let it happen, are we going to pretend like that president would run? Yeah, he seems to know something, and that's why his message has been all over the place, it seems. Oops, I want to mute that. 
But here we are today, February 18th, saying shelling intensifies in eastern Ukraine amid concerns Russia's creating a pretext for invasion today, still the 18th, after all the times they predicted it. Now we're just pointing at what exactly? The thing that happens almost every day? Yeah, right. This is what they don't want you to recognize. The media will report this in other contexts, but if you look, if you look at the, the analysts and people that are following this, the separatist situation and the back and forth between the separatists themselves and, and Ukraine forces, this happens multiple times a day, almost every single day. Not, not always necessarily big shell, like, you know, tanks and so on, but just fire to some degree, if not shelling. And, and this happened, I just reported this in the last show. They said dozens of times every day. Okay, so here we are. And now every time it happens, oh, they just had an intensifying shelling. You mean like the day before and the day before that and the day before that and the day before that? Okay, so why is it more important? Oh, that's right, because you're claiming that's going to lead to something. Okay, have you proven that? Nope. So basically, it amounts to what's happening every day, the last eight years, and U.S. narrative in your face. I, I hope we can start to see that. White House says Russia's behind a cyber attack. Oh, did they prove it? Nope. Cool. Well, they're just going to keep doing that. Biden administration believes Russian bank hackers were behind cyber attacks targeting Ukraine's Ministry of Defense. Oh, so more in Ukraine. Right? So wouldn't they be able to prove that? Don't they have access to records and research and can show you this stuff? Nope, they don't care. They just say they did it and, and they say we have proof. They literally point to intelligence. Said the Biden administration has, quote, technical information linking the attacks to the GRU. And, and the U.S. shared underlying intelligence supporting the attack. No, they didn't. Just like with Ned Price, them sharing it was her saying this. I'm not making that up. Her standing up and saying, we have technical information that shows they probably did this and we believe that, that is the evidence. That's them sharing their underlying intelligence. The intelligence is that they say that it happened. How embarrassing. People buy this, though. Now, that doesn't that, understand, that does not then mean, as a matter of fact, it hasn't. I'm simply saying that that's most likely not because of how often they lie about what they want you to think and it doesn't pan out. And here they are yet again for the millionth time saying, here's the evidence, just like Ned Price and getting caught by Matt Lee saying, you're not giving evidence, you're giving a statement. And he went with that. That's the fact. So they are going to, and I love how they say White House says they're behind it. Well, no, they said they believe they're behind it. That's not the same thing, but this is what it looks like to be propaganda for the state. Now, please watch these shows to get the background of the information around the war being waged against you and how it's being hidden with this, as well as the, the real, the history and how it's led here and how they're lying about every part of this, every single part, and including how the U.S. government, before they even staged the drills in, inside Ukraine on the other side of the world in September 20th, 2021, before this all started, as if that wasn't a provocation, they moved F-16s to an island 200 miles off the coast of Russia. I reported this in this show right here. Watch it for yourself. That was before all this started. Is that not a provocation? Do you think the U.S. government will be okay if Russia moved planes to Venezuela or Cuba? Same difference, isn't it? But they, they no, oh, that's unacceptable. Oh, act of war. But when they do it, it's for freedom, right? And then when, they, when Russia moves troops in its own country closer to the border of its own country, that constitutes aggression. If you are going along with this, you're dishonest because it's that obvious how fake this is. Now, if you care to question this at all, you should stand back and recognize that they continue. This is just a couple of them, but this has been going on since 2021. Eminent, just about to happen. Zelensky warns Ukraine will be attacked on Wednesday. Right, that was this last Wednesday. Guess what didn't happen? 
right? Now you can say that, oh, Putin saw that they predicted it and now changed the plan. Okay, then prove that. Prove that we had any intelligence that even remotely suggested this other than what they stated. Here's the same one we just showed you before. They even put a time on it. They'll invade at exactly 1 a.m. tomorrow. I don't know why we wouldn't laugh out loud at something so ludicrous. Guess what didn't happen, though? That. Now, here we are with a couple of a couple more points of information here. I, I actually forgot I wasn't watching the chat. I don't know if there's any updates in this. Let me know if there's been something that's changed over the last couple hours. But here's the New York Times pointing videos that show conflicting accounts in eastern Ukraine. This is my point about what I was saying before, right? I'm questioning whether this is in, in, I would like to get more information from a lot of different people independent of this, specifically people in the Donbass region and not from Reuters or Associated Press to find out where this exactly happened. It's like I said, we're having conflicting reports about where this actually took place, whether you're talking about US media or outside the, you know, Western dominated media sources. And that there's conflicts about what actually went down. Allegations of a car bomb and unsubstantiated claims of an imminent attack by Ukrainian forces have heightened tensions in the area. And so uh, even the New York Times seems to be kind of going, well, this, none of this seems to add up. And here's the interesting part. Here's Axios, right? So we have all this stuff happening for months now. Endless claims about evidence and intelligence in the U.S. government. And they just did this and we can't prove it and over and over, right? Well, they got claims of evacuations happening, and guess what the mainstream media did? Well, they jumped in and did their due diligence. Gee, okay, hey, now do Ukraine, guys. Nope, not going to happen. Metadata shows pro-Russian separatists filmed evacuation video days earlier. Okay. Well, interestingly, I don't know why we would trust their information, first of all. <laughs> but on top of that, they could be lying. They could have evacuated them because of what they were doing before this. And, and then just released a video because of what was happening, because they were continuing. There's a thousand different reasons. One of them could very clearly be that they lied about it. Now, still, in no way, shape, or form, does that constitute a false flag. That constitutes a lie. They don't understand the difference, apparently, or they're trying to conflate the things. But recognize how embarrassing and how dishonest and how irritating and insulting it is that they're going to go this far to try to debunk that people are being evacuated. Why can't you do this about every other claim they've said about what Ukraine is saying or what the U.S. government is saying? How about the fact that they've made claims just like this about actions being taken and videos they've shown? Why can't? What about the video of the school being bombed in the kindergarten? Did they do that? Nope. They didn't even care to verify where and how this worked. They just claimed what the government told them to. But here we have a claim that they're, I guess, trying to frame as some kind of clumsy false flag. And so they, within moments, have metadata and they're breaking down the information and we can prove that it happened days earlier. God, it's just so ridiculous why it matters because U.S. officials have been saying for days now that they're preparing. That's why it matters because they'll do whatever they can to go. Well, that's fake. So does that show? So the fact that separatists in an area, they claim. Actual but understand, by the way, this is the best part. They're not claiming it's fake. They're claiming they filmed it two days earlier. OK, so then they are evacuating. And they just admitted that, but they just did it two days earlier. Which, by the way, in this two-day process, there's been a thousand reasons why they might start to evacuate civilians, including threats of all kinds of things. Then, when they post this, or where was it, the idea that they're going to be, they claim there's bombs in there that they did themselves to their own people. Certainly possible. They release the information and say, well, we're evacuating. Now, that could be that they were evacuating beforehand. and they just I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just really bad that this is so definitive to them. 
But what they accidentally seem to have done is admit that they are, in fact, evacuating. So if they are evacuating and lied about being two days later than they did it, that's Blinken's false flag. Think about that. The two-day-old metadata from leaders of the self-declared Dunks and Lunks peoples of Republic could undermine claims that they ordered evacuations to avoid the threat. Right, but not that it happened, though. That is the weakest false flag I've ever seen in my life. In fact, obviously, you know it's not. But you see what they'll jump to and the effort they'll take when they want to, I guess, kind of lean into the narrative? They will never do this when it comes to challenging the claims of the government. Now, Biden's just convinced, so that's where we are right now. He knows, for sure, because he's convinced. Well, we know. Ooh, that's solid. Solid evidence, Biden. Well, here's what seems to be happening on top of it, <clears throat> which leads into the you know, whole Great Reset concept and everything else, and just realizing they're using this to justify other actions as well. Well, the Russia-Ukraine conflict, which amounts to narrative and Russia moving people in their own territory. What a conflict, right? Developing autonomous drone swarms. 100,000-mile cannons, 1,000-mile cannons. The U.S. military has new technology on the drawing board. Oh, weird, a technological advancement in the middle of a conflict? That makes a lot of sense, right? How about, you know, all of these changes of our entire society in the biggest con pandemic of a century? Same kind of dumb narrative. You're not supposed to think too hard about it. Just realize that they want to justify this, so they're going to blame the thing they're making. Maybe they made it to be able to justify the action, you know, however you want to look at it. In response to warfare trends previously demonstrated in the region, says technologies currently in development include for futuristic sounding projects such as swarms of autonomous drones and super cannons that can fire projectiles of a thousand miles and perhaps the most staggeringly ambitious campaign which by the way i could talk about this later this this will undermine all sorts of trees but they don't care about that ambitious campaign aims to combine existing radar and communications with the state-of-the-art cloud computing and artificial intelligence in order to create an, an automated system that coordinates operations across multiple combat arenas areas yeah clearly that's all about ukraine right <laughs> this is just they're just dumping this they're using the narrative to justify what they've already had to try to do which by the way is probably already happening and they're just using this to jam in what they want you to think they're justifying as sarah says they lied about vietnam they lied about yugoslavia afghanistan iraq libya syria yemen and about a million other places that we can prove to you but we're expected to believe they're telling the truth today about Russia and Ukraine. I mean, really think about how naive that is. And it does not mean that Russia's telling the truth either, guys. It's just, you just have to understand that that's nuance. You have to realize that you can call them a liar without blindly taking the other side's face value. That's people's two-party paradigm breaking their logic. But we'll keep up on this and tell you what's going on. I didn't see any updates in the chat, but we'll circle back as always and tell you what continues to happen. My gut would be, if I have to give you a you know just broad prediction, that I think Ukraine is very capable of actually carrying something out that would be used and pointed at Russia. I really do. Now, we should question in that moment whether Russia did carry it out because it would work for them. But if it did happen, we should ask immediately, what's the end game, right? If the action does not give them some sort of benefit, it doesn't make any sense, right? To carry out an attack that actually gives the U.S. and, and Ukraine exactly what they want only works and makes sense for what the U.S. and Ukraine would carry out. That would be a false flag on their side, framing Russia as carrying something out. But if it was something, let's say that attacked a position that they've been trying to go after or something that undermines the, the security or the strategic situation of the U.S. And, and, and Ukraine, and then they blamed it on Ukraine, well, then you could maybe argue that. 
Because right now, it does not seem in any way, shape, or form that the, the Russia is on the chomping at the bit to invade Ukraine or any, or even take the Donbass region, which is what I think they tried to make this out to be in the beginning. But except that's why Russia is now voting or trying to vote to make them independent, which ruins their narrative, which is probably why they shift somewhere else. It's just not working for them, guys. I don't think, I think that they're, I think one of the ways the U.S. government constantly ruins what they're doing is by one, undermining or rather underestimating the intelligence of the average person. and clumsily aiming at things that used to be right pretending we're dealing with the soviet union as opposed to, as opposed to russia's putin's russia which is very different at least on the surface right or you know pretend like any situation like that you you're, you're framing it as a way that it used to be and it's not like that anymore but to bring this over to an hiv discussion which i'm sure will interest all of you in getting into covid19 i wanted to point to an, a, a show we did back in april 14th 2020 and uh, this is at the time specifically to do with Whitney Webb's research. And there's part one and part two, because this was a show that YouTube instantly deleted, like before we even got the show going on that note, by the way, Whitney and I were just talking today and uh, she's looking to get back in the mix here. I mean, she's been doing stuff in general, but more so like, you know, T lab and getting more shows going and kind of getting back into it, which I'm excited about because Whitney's insight is always valuable. So we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. So keep your eyes open for that. But this show, April 14, 2020, entitled From Anthrax to Coronavirus, Same 9-11 False Flag Players, New COVID-19 Boogeyman. Doesn't that seem incredibly relevant to where we are right now, especially with talking about false flags, talking about 9-11, talking about how they're using these things against you, anthrax, coronavirus, whatever's coming next. Very important to understand. Now, this is the guy I was trying to remember. I believe it's Howard. I don't want to try to look it up again. Emergent Biosolutions. You'll see it in there. But this is one of the people. Oh, that's, no, I'll take it back. That's not Howard. That's, um, shoot. It's been a while since we talked about this and these names slipped my mind. Anyway, watch the show. I don't want to give you the wrong information. But Howard was the other person that was more tied to the uh, 9-11 and the Twin Towers and plenty of other things as well. But anyway, very important show in regard to what's actually happening and where they built this to now. Incredibly important. Now on the HIV discussion, Daily Expose did a, did a really comprehensive breakdown of, of some of the stuff we were covering. And, and on top of that, st some stuff we didn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's entitled Investigation. The COVID-19 vaccines cause AIDS. Here's all the evidence. Now, don't forget, for those that don't know this, and they just hear this and they think specifically that the, the narrative and, and ouchy and, and gay people and all the stuff they're supposed to think about, right? It actually just stands for Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. Acquired, it's an immune deficiency. I mean, geez, if, if there's anything we're seeing right now, it is an immune deficiency caused by all sorts of things. Obviously, one thing that we can very clearly see and prove to some degree is happening is the injection. We have peer-reviewed science coming out showing that at least 50% of people that get the injection have a dysregulation of the immune system. That's called lymphocytopenia. A lot of this stuff has been admitted to. They just claim it's at a lesser degree. So how can it be admitted to yet be fake news simultaneously, right? Sort of like myocarditis is fake news when you claim it happened to you, but they admit that it can't happen. It's that stupid, but this is real guys. There's a thousand reasons. And I, I, I go into these shows deeply or this topic deeply on these shows. Excuse me. COVID vaccine, HIV connection, the booster time bomb, which is what I, I'm going to get into more today, which we see happening right now. From there, we went to the deep dive vaccine acquired immune deficiency. So VADES essentially. So and a form of immune deficiency being caused by an injection and HIV inserts in the SARS-CoV-2. And the aftermath. And then finally, the last one we did was HIV AIDS compared to the SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 situation. 
and of course, an immune DARPA's immune system focused bioweapon agenda, or rather just bioweapon. And the reality being, this is something they've worked on for a long time. And I, we proved it in the show. So now that we're watching something happen where this immune deficiency is breaking out, we should be asking whether that is literally what it was, or maybe that got out of hand, or maybe something they're testing, or any number of things, because that's very valid right now. But to their, to their uh, report here, it's long, full of information. As always, citing the information, which is why I respect their work, please take time to read it. I'm just going to go through the points on top, because most of this we've already discussed. Exhibit A, vaccine effectiveness doesn't wane. Immune system performance does. Very important difference. Your body is the problem right now, if this is happening to you, right? The injection causes a response, and your body is supposed to continue that like it would in any other normal situation. But the problem is because of the injection and how it's causing it, it's stopping. So they give you another one and it stops again. The point is that's not how your body's supposed to work. And that's not the vaccine not working because it, it, it quote unquote worked if you want to look at it that way because it created the response. But your body begins to wane because it's being affected. That's not the injection. That's your body's immune system failing. Exhibit B, UK data shows, as we'll get into even again today, the COVID-19 vaccines have real-world negative effectiveness. Now, this is what they're trying desperately to hide. I think it's this one right here. Yeah, the report, we'll look at this as we go forward. The one we keep showing you, that they intentionally now leave small and uh, you know out of focus, even when you do the pop-up. <laughs> how, how incredibly transparent is that? It used to be bigger, and it's funny because you now they have fact checks about how the authors are saying, no, they're using this wrong, and it's fake, and it's, no, it's not. And all we're using is the data that you pointed to and that they still point to as accurate and just claiming that, that we're, you take what you want from it. The data is clear. We'll get to it in a minute when we look at it again, but the point is, oops, well, I jumped way back. Here we go. The point is that that report, that study that with Pfizer's data Against with, with Delta and Omicron showing you well under 50% relative risk reduction, which by the way, even a new study is actually claiming that 90% means nine out of 10 are affected. And that's just not true. They are clearly still using relative risk reduction. And even these doctors and scientists who are just, who are told that's the truth still say that. And they actually don't know. I'm not claiming I'm smarter than these scientists. Doctor could be, you could be too. Well, we don't know that for sure. But what I do know is it's 100% relative risk reduction, not absolute. So when it says 90%, that does not mean nine out of 10 people. That's not what that means. Anyway, the point is that that report shows you negative efficacy and they claim, no, 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 that's not what that means. But regardless of that, the actual real world data also shows you that. And it's undeniable. And that's why they're, we'll get into it, hiding this now. Even Scotland says, we're not going to put this data out anymore. Why? Because you anti-vaxxers are, are misusing it. Yo, you mean the truth? Yeah, we're really misusing the truth, aren't we? Here is the point. They're hiding it because they don't want you to see, and it's one of the only locations that has been showing it to you, the real situation. UK data actually shows the fully vaccinated have negative immune system performance. It does. Please go through this for yourself. Exhibit D, UK data proves the fully vaccinated population's immune system performance is declining week by week. I'm going to get into this today. I'm going to show you what they don't want you to see. Not only the percentages I showed you, but the fact that from last week to now, not only have the numbers increased in the booster, but the risk increased as the risk decreased for the unvaccinated, specifically in death. How does that even remotely make sense? You can argue that, that we're misrepresenting it, but if the percentage and the per 100,000 risk went up from last week to now for the boosted, 
How do you make sense of that? And it went down for the unvaccinated. That's supposed to be the reverse, isn't it? We'll get to it. Exhibit E, UK data shows the fully vaccinated are now more likely to die of COVID. That's a fact. We showed it to you. On top of the fact that the case in spreading has been on, on predominantly on the side of the injected, whether boosted or fully vaccinated, for months now. That's why they're hiding this from you. UK data shows the COVID-19 vaccines have a real-world negative effectiveness against death. UK data suggests some of the elderly may have already developed AIDS. Public Health Scotland data show the fully vaccinated are now more likely to die of COVID-19. We've gone through all of this for you. We've been going to UK Scotland data week after week. Public Health Scotland data shows the COVID-19 vaccines have a real-world negative effectiveness against death. This, now, this is Public Health Scotland versus UK. That's why it sounds similar. Data, UK, uh, Public Health Scotland data suggests the fully vaccinated may already be developing VADES. Government of Canada data confirms COVID-19 vaccines are decimating the immune system. I mean, guys, it's, this stuff is undeniable. They are running from this right now with narrative. Scientific studies find the COVID-19 vaccines suppress the innate immune system. We've covered this as well. Scientific study finds COVID-19 vaccine-linked cancer rates are sky high. We've shown you the Swiss policy research study. We've talked about Ryan Cole's research. Please check this stuff out because it's absolutely right. <clears throat> now, the, uh, you can read the rest of it for yourself. It's, it just it's, it wanted you to understand that there's more written-out, in-depth research than our videos we've done, and I'll include this as well. Please check it out for yourself or watch these shows and get the background or and watch these shows and get the background. I also want to include the Jackson et al. study that people sent to me, which, by the way, I'm still baffled at the fact that I just, you saw me search for it. I mean, it's very strange how this stuff just doesn't show up, but then people are like, it's right there. It was the first one that showed up. And it's like, something strange is going on. Regardless, it, here it is, 2001. And I want to read to you what it said. And this is in regard to the study that they were pointing at, talking about the, and this is the one we pointed at in the, in the show, discussing the immune system-focused bioweapon. And this is one of the studies they point at in regard to how this is a potential concern. That idea. Expression of mouse interleukin-4, <clears throat> excuse me, by a recombinant virus-suppressing cytolytic lymphocyte as responses and overcomes genetic resistance to mousepox. Main point being what they found, and this is what it was discussed as in that other study, that this was the example of how they found something that could simultaneously reduce your immune system, but also increase your risk of getting sick. I mean, one does the other, essentially. You reduce your immune system, you have a potential to get more sick. But the idea is that not only does it reduce the immune system, but when you get sick, it's exponentially worse. So it's a combination of these, and that sounds like a weapon to me. Genetically resistant mice infected with the IL-4 expressing virus develop symptoms of acute mousepox accompanied by high mortality. Now remember, this is gain-of-function stuff we're talking about. Similar to the disease seen when genetically sensitive mice are infected with the virulent Moscow strain. Strikingly, Infection of recently immunized genetically resistant mice, they're the ones that got the injection, with the virus expressing IL-4 also resulted in significant mortality due to fulminant mousepox. These data therefore suggest the virus encoded IL-4 not only suppresses primary antiviral cell-mediated immune responses, but also can inhibit the expression of immune memory responses. It's the, it, this is the either accidental discovery or intentional direction of creating an immune-suppressing, increasing the the, the uh, mortality simultaneously. Now, was this capitalized and used on? That's at least what that other study was suggesting was something we should be concerned about. I wonder why this didn't show up for me. Either way, we should ask whether that's what's happening right now. These books we're talking about, emerging viruses, these are these these highly credentialed experts, PhDs and scientists have been saying this. Dr. Boyle have been saying this for a long time now. 
that this is not real, that they, this is something that's been messed with. The gain of function research has led to where we are now, and it's very likely possible that this is a weapon that was designed to do this. And maybe it got out of hand, or you know, there's plenty of thoughts to have in here around this discussion, just being open to the possibility, just like we are to the idea that it could be nothing. Just I always point to Denny Rancourt's research that makes that very case. But here's an interesting point on this that I want to add to the story before we get into this deep, deeper. We just talked about this in these last shows, right? We talked about the idea of in December 11th, 2020, how the U, the University of Queensland coronavirus vaccine induced false positives, right? Now, their argument was this was because of the clamp that they put on there, not because people actually got HIV, which I'm still doubting. But really, the argument of that video we played, which is, by the way, still being misrepresented by people on Twitter, claiming that's proof that it's in there now and it's not. Right? Yeah, we have to be honest about this stuff, guys, but it is very valid to where we are now. I argue just that happening could have been the reason why that's happening, that it continued to spread with the spike protein, with HIV clamps, and so on. We've talked about all this, the other shows. But the point is, in December 11, 2020, they're going, okay, this clamp caused false positives, so we stopped the injection. End of story. Okay, that's what they claim. December 11, 2020. Here was October 20th, 2020. So going back a couple months, Here's where they said, remember, we talked about this too. Researchers warned that some COVID-19 vaccines could increase the risk of HIV infection. Now, sadly, people are combining this with this story, and they're not even remotely the same story. We got to understand these things, okay? This is the clamp causing false positives, so they claim. This, don't forget, very important, and I think more important, was the argument that the adenovirus vaccines in the HIV era not only didn't help, but they increased the risk of infection of HIV specifically. That was because they used what was called the AD5 adenovirus. Uh, let me see. It's right, right there. AD5. Okay. Now I pointed out those are being tested right now in the United States, in Pakistan, in Russia, and like five other countries, with like 40,000 groupings of uh, pe- gr- uh, 40,000 person groups. Okay. So they're testing them right now, knowing that, and there's experts that stood up today. They pointed to this research and said, why are we using 85 right now? That could hurt people. People in South Africa, for instance. I that, I think there's a weird connection there to where they claim Omicron started and the connection to the diplomats and where they, I think there's a weird connection to all of this. Maybe that's not even Omicron. Maybe that's just something new that we're talking about that was triggered by whatever happened when those diplomats with diplomatic immunity crossed into Botswana and then suddenly this blew up in South Africa and so on. And, uh, and it doesn't make sense. Different story, but point being, this was about increasing your risk of infection because you took an injection that used the 85 adenovirus-focused type of vaccine, right? Totally different than a clamp causing false positives. But there's something, there is a connection here. I'm not exactly what, but the timing at the very least, because of what somebody just sent to me. This person right here, I'm going to give her a shout out in a minute because of her great work. Here's what she said. This is October 20th, 2020. Okay? The same day as they're reporting Experts saying we should be concerned because remember at the time they were pointing at the ones that were being tested. And on top of that, don't forget that even the adenovirus Johnson and Johnson, they don't use 85, but their argument is that that's still problematic. The adenovirus in general could do the same thing. So I think that's possible. On top of that, we're testing it right this moment all around the world for newer injections, which could then be increasing the risk of HIV, which could then be possibly why we're seeing this outbreak of immune. But I also don't, I think it's more than that. I think the injection is causing the immune dysregulation, but there's, maybe this was intentional to create the, the, you know, the reality of it happening so they can conflate that with what the injection is causing. There's all sorts of possibilities you could ask yourself. But my point is that this is about 
adenovirus, adenovirus injections causing the increased risk. But on the same exact day in Australia, mind you, which weirdly connects to the, the University of Queensland injection, they claimed that Australia COVID-19 quarantine blood testing blunder prompts calls for hundreds to take HIV tests. What? Okay, so October 20th, the same day they're pointing to another risk that has something to do with the injections being used, not the clamp, which happened on December 11th, they said, when they shut it down or somewhere around the time frame. They say that more than 200 former residents of coronavirus quarantine facilities, so people that went in their facilities, sound like starting to sound like a test, an experiment, in Australia are being urged to test for blood transmitted diseases, including HIV, after authorities admitted that they ended up accidentally using the same blood testing devices for multiple people. And then two months later, they go, oh, well, false positives from this test, from this vaccine that we're going to stop using. Yeah, I'm not buying it. There is something going on here. Definitely. If this happened right before and then after that, these people stand up or technically what happened was this happened. Then this, apparently the same day, they are standing up warning about HIV infection risk from generally using these COVID-19 injections. And then two months later, they go, oh, false positives because of the clamp. And we're stopping it. I'm telling you guys, there is something not that you, that you could see it too. That's ridiculous. Now it says in a statement Monday, Victorian Health Agency said that they were contacting these 243 people who had taken a blood glucose level test, claiming that they just accidentally used it wrong, which I don't buy. These devices, which, by the way, take a finger prick to get the drop of blood. Although the devices are designed for several people or several uses by one person, they just used them for a lot of different people. Are we really going to pretend they didn't know that? Needles can be changed between use, but the devices can retain microscopic amounts of blood. This is blood. Like These are people that work with this and are pretend they didn't know you can't use the same blood. Come on, that's ridiculous. According to Safer Care, they claim there's no risk the devices could have transmitted coronavirus. Why? Because it's not spread by blood. Well, it seems like an interesting thing to jam in there, especially when I don't seem to think that makes sense, but you guys can look at that for yourself. But the point being, there's strange connections here between apparently possible HIV tests they didn't rapidly put out to a bunch of people during the same time frame when scientists are going risk of HIV, and then two months later, they kind of couch this on the idea of a vaccine that they didn't want to use anymore and say that's where it stops. Something's going on. I think we all feel that now, right? Miss Madeline with some great interesting research where this continues, is pointing out that apparently, as of now, right now, February 9th anyway, she says she finds it very interesting that this week, the Victorian government, the same place we're pointing at right here, literally the same area. I just just had it right there. (laughs) Australia, Victoria. That's strange. Right there. Victoria, just so we can make sure we see that it's the same place. Victorian government are in the process of amending the Public Health and Wellbeing Act of 2008 in Parliament. And guess what they're doing, guys? Removing all references to HIV, to AIDS and hepatitis C. That seems interesting. Why in the world would that happen right now? And how would you even rationalize that when you're telling us it's going to be a bigger threat every day? Right? Well, she goes, I had a vague memory of some COVID testing stuff, and she found this, and that's where we got this from. Very strange. What are they trying to hide here? What is this action ultimately amounting to, right? Get this, ramping up the HIV campaign. Look, at this is in New South Wales right now. Test now. Get tested for HIV. Like, where is this all coming from? They clearly know something is happening. This wasn't there before. 
bottom half of the article, of course, I'm telling you, it's the kind of Twitter and YouTube stuff that you get when you're being manipulated. But uh, it says, now obviously that could be the browser too. I'm just pointing that out. Uh, bottom half of the article, Guardian article, states that 44% of people diagnosed with HIV in 2020, in 2020 were considered late diagnosis. Apparently they had been living with in, in, the infection for four or more years and just didn't know it. Oh, I knew I was going to try. Oh, dang it. Hold on a second. I had, no, I'm not going to be able to grab it. Shoot. My brother actually sent me a, a video. Yeah, I'm not going to try to grab it. Oh, it's a video that was on the, uh, a new, it was a, an advertisement that said, try this new HIV drug that you take every day for people that aren't showing. Okay. So if I don't think I, so if I don't have any symptoms, but you tell me I have it, I should take it every day. Otherwise it'll come. Right. Rogaine excuse, right? Take it ahead of time. Right. Well, if you, if you got sick, it would have been worse because it, right. It's the same argument. They're now, this is what she's saying. They're, the article is going, well, 44% of the things we're dealing with now, they didn't even know they had until we told them. Oh, weird. Maybe it came from something else. As she said, sounds totally believable. But she goes, according to WHO, HIV and AIDS will be the leading cause of death by when? 2030. Nice double. Notice the double speak. Cause of death will be called burden of disease. Heart disease, blood clots. This is what they're talking about. Now, I do. I will point out that I believe this was an report from, like I think, at least like years back. They put this out, but the point was they put back a long time ago that by 2030 HIV would be the leading cause at a time when HIV was not a problem. Very telling, is it not? Then she points out that this will be every politician and doctor in the world soon claiming no one will be forced you to take the vaccine. This is the same thing we told you before. Where he's going, basically, that, that uh, what was it again? Australia oh, yeah, the indemnity. You gave indemnity to everybody, right? No vaccine companies on the hook. And then they go on to say, it's your fault if you got sick. You have informed consent, you dummy. It's your fault, right? So, and I, as I said, and I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. I, sh I think I shared this link. But her point is simply that that's what they're going to say. It's your fault, right? We told you it's your fault. I think that was it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then she shared this commercial, which I think you're going to really want to see, which actually blew my mind. Finally, before we get to that, she says, here we go. Health, Public Health and Wellbeing Act 2022 amendments for Victoria and Australia. Following the premier being permitted to declare a pandemic at any time, which, by the way, we, we shouldn't miss. Now you can just go, oh, pandemic, because we think it's here, or we see the signals, or because our things on the street tell us it's about to happen, medical pre-crime. This is the... This is the infrastructure for their biosecurity state. I've been telling you this the entire time. They can claim it's going to come at any time in any area for any reason. That's in their documentation. Our government is now allowed to detain forced medical examinations on anybody. Look, you could, I, you, this is very clear. We've been telling you this is coming and this is not even a secret anymore. I mean, this has been everywhere. They're doing this to everybody. Now, it says the premier can declare a pandemic if he is satisfied on reasonable grounds that there is a risk to public health due to a disease or a potential of a disease. Potential. That is medical pre-crime. Now, are we going to pretend like a government? Maybe the right, if you're, if you're a Democrat and you think it's always the right lying. Maybe it's the, those evil left if you think the left's always the one lying if you're on the right. Or maybe if you realize both sides are ridiculous and you're somewhere in the middle. My point being is that will apply. You're going to point to the side and go, they're lying about, or you know, it doesn't matter how you look at it. A government could stand up and say, we see a pandemic coming when they want to, I don't know, stop a vote on whether or not you're allowed to use an emergency act or, I don't know, shut down a protest or shut down some kind of other. They could do it anytime they want and claim it. 
And of course, like I, my point was, the other side would say they're lying, but the other side would say, no, they're not. How dare you suggest that? Because that's how the two-party works, to manipulate you. She says, you can now be detained at trans and transported by authorized officials during a pandemic for no reason, just because they say so. They get that right. You must be given the reason you're being detained, but from what I can see so far, the reason can be anything. See, that's how it works. And when they won't hear that part, when they announce it on the news, they go, well, no, we have to have a justifiable reason. And they list, your reason can be whatever you want it to be. Now, great work, Miss Madeline. Absolutely fantastic. I hope you continue to do stuff like this. Now, here's the clip that she played or the post, which is really important that you understand that this is the HIV AIDS, quote, bowling death public service announcement from 1987. Oh, look at this. Look at this picture of a young Trudeau. But <clears throat> the point being, this is what they, tr this is the kind of advertisement they did. Now, if this was acceptable then, and you and looking back, you can see how incredible this is in dishonest and manipulative and alarming and fear-mongering and absolutely lying. Think about what they're doing today, right? And you're going to be blown away about how, about how ridiculous and obvious this is. I mean, I, I really can't even believe this was allowed on the air. Only gays and IV drug users were being killed by AIDS. But now we know every one of us could be devastated by it. The fact is, over 50,000 men, women and children now carry the AIDS virus. That in three years, nearly 2,000 of us will be dead. That if not stopped... It could kill more Australians than World War II. But AIDS can be stopped and you can help stop it. If you have sex, have just one safe partner or always use condoms. Always. Wow. <laughs> I mean, guys, that's incredible. I mean, why, why would that even be acceptable? Like, not only is that just, like the, the last part was incredibly unnecessary where that baby goes flying through the air. Like, that's just disgusting. No, no. Like I said before, guys, this is not recent. This is 1987, obviously, <laughs> with the old view and everything. But it's just it's just as unjustifiable then. Right. That was blatant. And it was and everything they said was completely out of context and lies. The idea that, like Fauci said, that you can catch this by being around other people. This is absolutely manipulation. And then we should start asking the real question about whether it's even being caused by HIV. And in fact, whether it's actually being caused by what they treated them under the guise of treating HIV, which led to immune deficiency, just like we're seeing today. Which, by the way, plenty of experts would tell you. Plenty, which we'll get into now. Let's take a listen to what Carrie Mollis has to say. Now, this is it. You've seen a lot about Kerry Mullis before, but this is an interesting discussion about, and it's, there's more than just he, him on here, but we'll just watch his part of it in regard to what this is called defeating AIDS. The first time I really questioned it, I was working on a project where we were measuring HIV in people's blood at this place called uh, Specialty Laboratories in Santa Monica. I was just an, a, a consultant there. I came in about three days a month. 
and we were working on that. And at some point, we needed to re-up our, our grant from the NIH to work on that, and I had to write it. And so the first line of that was, HIV is the probable cause of AIDS. And I wrote that, and then I said, well, I need a paper, some kind of scientific paper, to reference that statement. Because when you make a, a statement like that, that's like a fact. You need to say, here's how come I know that. All right? You put a little one if it's the first statement you've made, and then you put down at the bottom of the paper, you have a one, and you say, here's a paper by somebody that describes why that statement is true. Now, I forgot to mention, just in case you guys don't know, and I'm sure some of you don't, this is Kerry Mollis, who is the inventor of the PCR test they're using today. Now, he passed away in mysterious fashion right before this all started, COVID-19, right? And, he, and, and he's on record talking about how Fauci is, a, is an absolute moron. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He would love to debate him, that he lies, that he's a manipulator. He said all this. Now, he also said on the record that the PCR test is absolutely not to be used for the kind of purpose they're using it for today. Not that it can't be, but that if you do, that it's not accurate. That's not how it's supposed It's a yes or no answer, not with or from or everything else we've talked about or whether it's simply present, but they're not ill or they won't ever get ill, which, you know, there's all these. And on top of that, that it's absolutely 100%. I'm making sure the stream is still going. It looks like somebody asking if it's gone, but actually 1%, a 100% capable of a gigantic level of false positives. And I actually believe wholeheartedly that's exactly why it's being used. 100%. The epidemic that wasn't in 2007, the New York Times covered, says it all. Everything. We've talked about it a million times. That that's exactly what happened. It created a false situation that they thought was real, and that every action they took seemed so logical, and it turned out that literally none of it was real. And what they, and they, they looked back and said, what caused it? Their over-reliance on the PCR test. That's the exact quote. And here we are. All right. And so I said, I said well, what's that? I don't know. Let me think about it. What is that paper? Who do I go to for that? And I looked around. I asked a couple of virologists at that company, and they said, no, you don't have to reference that. I said, I have to reference that because I, I don't know where that came from. How do I know that? And it turned out that nobody knew it. There <laughs> wasn't a scientific reference. Like a, a paper that somebody had submitted with like experimental data in it and like logical discussion and said, here's how come we know that HIV is the probable cause of AIDS. There was nothing out there like that. Now, also, don't forget that this is what started this. There, there was a statement by people like Fauci, you know, the authorities, they claim, saying that this was the probable cause of AIDS, that HIV was the probable cause of AIDS. And that's what went. And from there, it continued. And listen to what he's saying. They did not prove this. They just stated it and ran with it. Now, of course, they've tried to clean up their background since then, right? But it's just like what's happening today. The genetic sequence, and we'll get into this in a second when the Moderna video at the end of this next segment was sent. The genetic sequence on January 11th, I believe, technically January 10th, if you listen to when it actually happened. So there was a day period where I guess nothing happened. But January 11th, they got the genetic sequence, and that was days after they said they 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 got the sequence, not isolated. Because remember, the the Japanese CD, or excuse me, the Chinese CDC on the record, well into this narrative, said that they hadn't isolated it at least at that time, and I still don't believe that they have. So they got the genetic sequence before it had been isolated. That's a fact. Whether or not you think it got isolated, they admitted that. And then from there, they all began making injections and days later already had one. So even if we want to argue it has been isolated, you can easily prove that they made this without it being isolated. So how in the world do we pretend this still makes sense? It's the same situation. I believe that it wasn't because it's probably not even there based on everything we're seeing here. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not something going on. 
right? There's a lot of information that makes it hard not to think about it like that. But at the end of the day, with this kind of history and what we see happening now and reports like Danny Rancourt's research PhD that show you how this is easily faked. And then we start recognizing there was all this weird stuff in the beginning, you know, people collapsing and all these weird things that weren't happening everywhere else. And, and it was very manipulative and the numbers were super, super low, obviously less than the flu. And they were using the age difference to combine everything and the flu and pneumonia combining everything and high PCR false positives, right? Obviously it was a manipulation. And then the injections started going and then that carried everything. And now we're pointing at those problems as if they're unrelated or when they need to, to relate to what's going on around COVID-19. But now they're trying to roll that down as well. But we should be asking whether this is the same damn thing. That's a little low. He says, can you tell me about your experience when you let Luke Montagnier for the first time? By the time I met Luke Montagnier, I had met a lot of AIDS researchers at meetings. And I had always gone up to them. If they, if they talked like they knew about AIDS, HIV and AIDS, I always went up to him afterwards and I said, where can I find a scientific reference that I can use for my, remember I said I had a sentence there, it said HIV is the probable cause of AIDS and I needed to have that backed up by something before I could write it and submit it. And I went around, I asked a whole lot of people, I said, well, the people, you know, I can't find it. I, first I looked for it, you know, just in, in, computer searching kind of stuff like that. But then I said, there's got to be somebody that knows this. You go to experts and ask them. And so I asked all these people one after the other, and none of them had it. None of them. And I was getting really freaked about that. That's when I first started saying, they don't know. Nobody really knows. This whole thing is a big sham. It's ridiculous. But then finally Montagnier came to a, there was a, a special little seminar down in San Diego where an old friend of Robert Gallo's, Flossie Wongstall, was opening up the Department of AIDS Research down at San Diego. They had big, lots of money involved, federal money, and they had Montagnier come there and give a talk. And after that, they had a little wine and cheese thing, and I went over to Montagnier afterwards, and I said, uh, Dr. Montagnier, I, 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 have a, I can't find a uh, reference. Like, who... I can't find a reference to go with the statement, HIV is the probable cause of AIDS. I, I'm sure you can help me. And he, he knew that he probably should be able to help me. And he said, well, why don't you quote this new work? This, and by new, he meant like something that came out this year. Right? This new work about a, 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 a virus that can kill uh, monkeys or I think it was not monkeys, it was like uh, something related to monkeys, some kind of a baby, a little ape. And and I had read that and I said, that didn't, it was like supposedly going to be a model system for studying AIDS. If somebody had figured out some kind of retrovirus that passing it back and forth between various mammals, they could probably, they could finally put it into chimpanzees and kill them. And it killed them in about a week. And it didn't kill them in any there was nothing like AIDS there, you know. It, it doesn't kill you in a week. This is totally ridiculous. It, none of the symptoms were the same. And I said, I said, well, you know, I read that paper, and I didn't, I didn't see any connection between. So, what is that thing? Interesting thought, right? What is that? What is this thing they're testing alongside of it? And where did that end up? You know, is it is, is it similar to what we're dealing with today? Is that 
and AIDS, and I and that's and I, I don't think that would be a really I wouldn't want to use that as a reference. And uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I know he walked away. Oh no! Before he told me about that paper, he said, "Why don't you use the NIH, like the the CDC report?" And I said, "Well, I looked at that, and that was not a scientific paper." And then he said, "Exactly. What about this other thing? This this." This like paper that had just come out about a month before, and and it a lot of fanfare associated with that paper, but it was total crap. And remember, the point about the CDC is really important. Like that, he's a scientific expert, or he was. The point is that's what the, C- the CDC puts out these garbage paragraph, the statement narrative posts. They just they and it's, they they definitely have stuff they point to and scientific links and the point, but it's not scientific. The way they do this is usually narrative control. And, you know, it's, if you don't, you can doubt me all you want, but this is somebody who has a, who had a very highly credentialed background and he sees it too. And so do a lot of other people. It was like, yeah, if you get $2 million, you can figure out how to kill a primate with a retrovirus. So what? Doesn't have anything to do with AIDS. It didn't look like AIDS. It didn't smell like AIDS. It wasn't AIDS. It was just like, got a retrovirus that can kill a chimpanzee. So what? So I I didn't get any more out of him. He walked away after that. And the people standing around, by the way, who were his colleagues there, looked at him like they were thinking he should come up with a better answer than that. Yeah. But he couldn't, and that's, he just turned around and walked away. I really thought he'd have an answer. I really did. I mean, that was my last... I was right at the edge of my, my faith in the system, but I thought, Montagnier will know why he thinks HIV causes it. And he'll tell me, he'll say, because of this study, you know, but he didn't have that. None of those guys have that. And that's why they're so, they're so weird. You know, that's why they don't want to say, they don't want people like me walking up. And that- now you could point out that maybe, you know, maybe he was lying, being dishonest back then, or maybe he wasn't aware. Maybe either way, it seems that he's become aware or willing to speak out today. It's important to look at the difference, you know, versus now. Asking them those kind of questions. Luke Montagnier. And they're willing to like go to great lengths to prevent that. They're out on a limb. I wouldn't want to be there with them. Very, very interesting, guys. That in conjunction with everything else we've seen from him. And I mean, it's just this this is easy stuff to look up, man. That and this is Luke Montagnier is now the one saying that this is something. I mean, he's the one calling this stuff out. It's just amazing what you can see when you just don't blindly follow the narrative, right? This stuff is clear, and they're still using his test today. Here is Luke Montagnier, a clip you've probably all seen, but I want to include for the, for the continuity of the show. Here he is speaking, and for the podcast, I apologize. This will be in, in, in French, I believe, but it's only two minutes long, where he's just simply telling you, this is Luke Montagnier, telling you that he believes this is manipulated. SARS-CoV-2. Et nous revenons avec l'actualité du Covid-19 et nous sommes avec euh, le professeur Luc Montagnier. Bonjour. Bonjour. Et merci d'être avec nous. Euh, faut-il le rappeler, vous êtes prix Nobel de médecine. Nobel laureate. Et c'est vous qui êtes à l'origine de la découverte du And, the, you know, then, in case you didn't know that, he's the one that allegedly discovered the origin of HIV, right? And that's what he is, and he's since added a lot of doubt to that. VIH. As he, as he said, it's history, but it's also interesting for current events because we have an experience of things that have happened in the past and have become have been very difficult 
to check in there at in there at that time and and that led to the truth just like today that's a very important statement that they just skipped right over but he's basically pointing out that they discovered before that that wasn't valid just like they're finding out it's not valid today that's important to me they're saying you're working on the virus right now now he says, have you reached any conclusions? They've come to the conclusion that there were was manipulation done on the virus. There's a pattern, he says. It's obviously the classic virus, and there is a model especially coming from bats. Now, understand, I'm not saying I necessarily believe all of this. I'm just simply pointing out what he has stated, which does seem to undermine, at least in the beginning, the general narrative. But now it's evolved quite a bit. But it's important to see where this started. Some sequences, including HIV for AIDS. But when you say someone added, who added? Doesn't know. It's not natural. No, it's not natural. It's the job of a professional, job of molecular biologists. For what purpose is not clear. And this is pretty interesting, right? For that, and remember, when that came out, they called him crazy for a long time until they finally said, okay, well, you're allowed to talk about it now. But they still pretended like he was crazy because that was too that they let that cat out of the bag, right? You can't call him a conspiracy theorist and then agree with him a month later, right? So either way, his perception has evolved or had evolved quite a bit before he also passed away, which is very interesting, as it always is. But going forward, here's Dr. Richard Fleming discussing Luke Montagnier's findings regarding HIV in the inside the injection itself. Actually, I forgot it. Let's grab this real quick. Just as a clip so I can play it. I, I don't think this one's incredibly loud. Oops, wrong button. And this one, Dr. Fleming is somebody we've also interviewed. With some very interesting claims to lay down as well. There's a, and this is, yeah, this this clip comes from the high wire. It's only a couple minutes long. Let's take a look at that. This looks awfully complex, doesn't it? And if it does, that's good, because every one of these red arrows shows HIV in the spike protein. This work comes from Luc Montagnier. Dr. Montagnier is the premier virologist in Paris, France. Dr. Montagnier got the Nobel Prize for identifying HIV. So if there's anybody on planet Earth who ought to be able to tell you that HIV exists in this spike protein, that's the man. And oh, look, where he used to be professor and chair at, that's been deleted from the internet as well. That's the same place that Zhang Li presented and now got wiped off the face of the internet and off the face of the planet. Dr. Montagnier identified 18 
RNA fragments that match HIV and SIV. This is simian, or monkey, grade 8 immune deficiency virus. Now, just to add a little bit of nuance, especially for those that are of the mind that the one that, that you know, no virus exists or it's not possible and so on. And, and, and you know, there's general plenty of reasons why there's a valid discussion to be had around that. But my point would be, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> instead of dismissing that, just ask yourself whether you are right and that this is simply a different discussion we're having about something else and that, that what they're proving is that, that that's something that's been manipulated. Just, just don't call it a virus. It could be whatever else we're talking about, right? That the, all they're pointing out here is that they think this is something that has been manipulated. And we're talking about the kind of research, like to, to the point of that discussion of arguing they don't exist, let's say, you still have to acknowledge that what Fauci and these people are doing, you, I guess I would argue, I, I mean, unless you pretend that they're faking that they're even doing anything, I guess, but that they're doing something. They're doing some sort of manipulation and research and they're doing, and it's dangerous. They're playing with stuff. And I argue that really, I don't think any of us seem to understand fully whether it's strain or germ theory. I think everybody's a little confused about what's ultimately happening. But he's pointing out that an expert on this topic pointed out that these were things that were clear manipulations, which other people have said as well. So whether you believe that entire discussion or not, this is a valid point coming from within the narrative, which challenges exactly what they say is happening. Very interesting. If you look at it, remember I told you about PRRA? That's four amino acids, and every amino acid requires three nucleotides. That's 12, right? 12 nucleotides. Mutations occur one nucleotide at a time, not 12. Okay? That's an insert. If you think that's bad, look at the HIV insert. 590 amino acids are 1,770 nucleotide bases that match HIV-1. Hmm. Now, understanding that mutations occur one nucleotide at a time, scientifically, I'd like somebody to justify to me how that's possibly a mutation. Right, exactly. That doesn't happen. This is the man who defines it. Every one of these red arrows and every one of these are the nucleotides that match HIV. That's why there's so much up there. It's like the funding. It's not one. It's not just a little. It's a lot. Now, let's also remember that Luc Montagnier, before he was on timely death, was just about to uh, uh, testify. In, in multiple, he was about to testify about all of this stuff. So it's, it's unfortunate. And he was apparently had a big focus on antibody dependent enhancement and how that connects with all of this. I mean, it's just, it's very suspicious at the very least. But as he's saying, within the narrative or otherwise, this is a person who is an obvious expert or was in regard to this exact topic. And when he came out and pointed out at the time that he saw that, in an honest world, that should have been taken at, at, at with it with credibility because of his stance. But what they do, you have people like the Don Lemons and Brian Stelters of the world and Tuckers and whoever else dismiss him because he's crazy. Even even Fox, when that first came out, remember they, they were still in lockstep. <laughs> and they still are, if we're being honest with ourselves. So why would that happen? Why would you out of hand dismiss the very expert on the exact topic he's discussing? Why? Because they had talking points they knew they were supposed to follow. Now, in this topic, we're talking about him pointing out the obvious manipulation. Look at all the stuff he's discussing. This is an expert here. How is this being ignored? 
Because if you're if you're on this, the bottom line is if you're looking at what Fauci has admitted to, and what people like Rand Paul has waved in front of him that we've been proving before this ever started, that this would indicate absolute gain of function manipulation. Now, then you could ask on that same vein of discussion whether that was something that was put out instead of accidentally released. There's plenty of ways you could look at this. And we've been talking about this from long before. And then, then don't forget the discussion about the immune suppressing research that was done by DARPA. And then look at what's happening in the population right now. And look at all the weird HIV crossovers and the ties. And now maybe this is a cover. And we have to ask these questions. Because all of a sudden in Saskatchewan, they're offering free at home HIV test kits, just like they were for COVID like a second ago. Why does that make sense? Where's this all of a sudden coming from? Where's this explosion of HIV? Even anybody anywhere can see that this doesn't make sense. They don't even care to explain it. They just, well, didn't we predict it would be the biggest threat by 2030, like 10 years ago? So maybe they knew something. At-home tests to tell you you have what they tell you you have. Isn't that interesting? Well, as this article jokingly points out, an interesting prediction about your near future, more so a joke actually about their bouncing narrative this whole time, basically rationalizing what moments ago was complete fake news. But you know, as, I, as well as I, that based on all that's been happening, this is probably not much of a stretch. By string 20, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, <clears throat> something clearing my throat today. By spring 2022. Yes, the Vax gives you AIDS, but here's why that's actually a good thing. Like that, how ridiculous that might sound now, and it really is. We've seen this already. They've already seen these kind of ridiculous, like in 2021, vaccine passports were dangerous conspiracy theory. And if you've talked about it, you should be censored and removed. But in 2020, or rather 2020, 2021, in 2020, vaccine passports were dangerous fake news. And if you're talking about it, you should be removed. But in 2021, the people that were discounting and refusing the vaccine passports were dangerous misinformation and should be removed. That's a real reality of how that went down. How does that not wake people up? Well, we also see that, guess what? A woman is cured of HIV using a novel treatment and the thing. You know, so a novel treatment that, that was totally, unre- like, as they're pointing out, blood, uh, umbilical cord blood, creating it. Okay, well, this is not new. So you know, explain for me while just all of a sudden in the midst of this narrative, we just finally did this. Well, the, James Corbin and James M. Pilato did a good point on this and talking about the, the first baby that was cured and all this stuff. This is just, I, first of all, I question whether this is exactly even actually what they're dealing with. And on top of that, and why now? And what's the difference about what they were doing before? I don't buy this. I don't buy this. This feels like a way to drive you into the rationalization of why you should be treated for it personally. But read it for yourself. This just reads like exactly like you might expect. But then, of course, don't don't forget, don't miss that we're all wrong because Twitter's fact check with no evidence said right. According to Twitter, fact check with no evidence of any links of any kind. There is no evidence, they say, no evidence that COVID-19 vaccines and boosters cause HIV, which of course they're calling HIV and or they say comma AIDS or false positive HIV tests. That They say there's no evidence at all, zero evidence whatsoever that positive tests were caused by, oops, <laughs> I guess they missed that in their extensive fact checks, or that they said that's exactly what could be happening in different circumstances, or that they've openly talked about how that absolutely did happen. But according to them, fake news, there's no evidence that it ever happened, despite the 35 articles that were written, you stupid conspiracy theorist, right? According to Reuters and AP and Fat PolitiFact, they didn't even look into it, guys. They just repeated the statements. Because it's that easy. You can look up HIV false positives and you'll get 30 articles right now about the Queensland injection that was a COVID-19 vaccine. 
evidence that COVID-19 vaccines and boosters cause HIV or false positive. Yep, there is, clearly. But on top of that, there's also a lot of evidence that these vaccines, these injections, are very clearly leading to immune deficiency. And just because you want to call it AIDS as if that's a sol- one thing in one part of the narrative, it's talking about auto or, uh, autoimmune deficiency, or is it, uh, I want to keep doing that. Shoot, where was it? I always blank on the on the exact terminology. Oh shoot, that's not what I wanted to do. Not loud. It is required. I don't know why I keep doing that. I say, you know what it is? I keep thinking autoimmunity, and it just blocks my brain every time. Acquired immunodeficiency. So all that means is that you got it from something, right? So we're talking about immunodeficiency. That's it. You can call syndrome after if you want, make it sound different. We're talking about immunodeficiency. That can be caused by a num- any number of things. But because we call it AIDS now, people that don't know that will associate it only with one thing and a conspiracy theory. So you're telling me that there aren't other things that cause immunodeficiency? We know that's not true. That's a blatant lie. But here they are representing this as being absolutely fake. These injections, literally, they claim cannot cause immunodeficiency despite the scientific peer-reviewed and otherwise research that shows you that it's literally causing lymphocytopenia and a million other things, like the obvious science that's showing you that it's clearly dysregulating your immune system. But ah, fact check says, Twitter said, can't you tell? Their statements stay it, just like the just like the news today, or excuse me, like the government. Ukraine's going to do it. We have evidence. Where's the evidence? You ju- we just gave it to you. No, you said something. That's the evidence. Here we are. Doesn't do it. Fact check says, okay, where's the evidence? It's right there. We just wrote it for you. Thank you, guys. Well, here is another interesting point. Oh, let me, shoot, I hope that I forgot to check this video. For some reason, these QuickTime, or these, uh, yeah, I think it's Quick, is it QuickTime? These, these videos, that, like the Apple version of it, don't seem to work sometimes, which is strange. Let me see if it'll work this time. Fact that for oh, many right. immuno. All right, good. So we got, it's working. So this is, fa- this is their, one of their recent uh, COVID-19 response briefings. My brother's always watching these intently and sending me important parts of it. So thank you for not making me watch them all. <laughs> they're telling you right here that they're going to, they, they, they're talking about the next shots, right? Fourth shots, fourth doses, fourth doses, even with everything we're talking about, even with everything we know, fourth doses from Fauci's mouth. But guess what they're talking about? Of course, people that are immunocompromised. Okay. Well, isn't that like a lot of people right now? A lot of people with the injections, but see, they're not, they're not making that argument. They're not, they're claiming we're wrong about that. Didn't you read the fact check? Right. But guess what though? He's telling you, if you're immunocompromised, you have a certain action you should take. But the fact that for many immunocompromised people already, a second booster shot, namely a fourth dose of an MRNA is recommended because of what we know about their poor response to the initial regimen. Right. Right. So you're giving people shots that create an immunodeficiency, and then you're using the immunodeficiency to justify why they should get another shot. That makes sense, right? And again, as I'll show you, new CDC data indicate that booster shots are safe and well tolerated. So let's get to some of <laughs> I love how he could just say these things after every time he's safe and effective. They're obviously safe and effective, right? He just can't. It's, it's pretty hilarious how they keep saying this, despite how many times this has been shown to be not true. Right. I mean, it's, it's almost, it's, it's ugh, great. Here we go. Losing our connection. I'm not even gonna get upset about it. Just going to give it a second. Just let it come back. 
There's literally zero reason that should ever be happening, but maybe I'll just play the clip. Okay, there. It looks like we're coming back now. Now, here's the clip about what he's saying and how many times he's not the whole thing, just for just for fun. There's an over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your... Dang it, that's not, I guess it's not the one I thought it was. Oh, well, still still ridiculous anyway. The point with it, I, want, I was hoping it was the one where it shows the, kind of like the clip of play to open, to be honest. But there was, oh, is it this one here? So now we have two vaccines that are really quite effective. The mRNA vaccine, highly effective. Extraordinarily efficacious, 94 to 95% for mild to moderate disease and virtually 100% efficacious. Because the real world effectiveness is even more impressive than the results of the clinical trial. Can't you tell? We're feeling it right now. So effective, isn't it? Highly effective. That word is almost meaningless at this point. All right, I won't play the whole thing. You know where it goes. The representative data. Next slide. This is a slide from the UK. And that, that's it. That's the, the fact point. that for Fourth shot for immunocompromised, right? And he said, oh, safe and effective. Can't you tell? Safe and effective. He's talking about the booster shot. The very same booster shot that we continue to show you. I mean, this is one that they don't like you looking at, but I've shown you four other studies that all say the exact same thing. That after, I mean, this look, as much as they want to hide from this and make it fuzzy and impossible to look at, ignore the part that they want you to dismiss just for sake of conversation, which is the 76 negative efficacy after the 90 day period, which means you have a 76% increased risk of getting sick, which by the way is completely backed up by the real world data, but it's all fake news according to them. But the part they don't dismiss, which they don't want you to look at, is that from 1 to 30 days, it goes to 55% relative risk reduction. 1 to 30 days. So after one day, you are imme- you are less than, you understand that 50% absolute risk reduction is still not enough to meet emergency authorization. We're talking 55% relative risk reduction. That's like 0.05, it's, it's nothing. It's meaningless, but that goes down to 16% relative risk reduction after 30 days and 9% after 60 days. Yeah, but let's pretend like this. We're talking about the booster, guys. This is the booster shot we're discussing. There's multiple studies that show you that within three months, it is basically non-existent, right? So why in the world would it make sense to tell people to get a safe and effective fourth fourth booster? Or th- because there's, there's another study that doesn't just talk about the third. It talks it because I know they're going to jump to four and say, now the fourth one does it. No, the third one was supposed to save everybody. And we're going to get to the data in a minute from UK and Scotland to show you, just like I told you it would, like we predicted, that even the booster dose category is now starting to get up and hot and raise, and they're going to keep trying to hide it from you. They're just manipulating the reality right in front of you. The other three studies very clearly show you this wanes immediately. Now, on top of that, as we keep pointing out, 
their own risk assessment from for specifically community, you know, the name of the thing they're not letting out because they're still using the indemnity emergency authorized authorized one that's technically illegal because their shot has dropped below 50%. But who cares about all the facts, right? Here we are with the community document risk management plan that tells you verbatim, as you've all seen many times, the use in immunocompromised patients that Fauci is literally telling to get the fourth shot before anybody. The safety profile of the injection is not known in immunocompromised individuals. This is why it's amazing. It's like we are losing our minds. How is it possible that this can be there in their documentation? And I could point out it literally every week, and this never gets discussed. That they're they're pushing it to them first. Same with the pregnant pregnant women breastfeeding. Safety profile vaccine is not known in pregnant or breastfeeding women, but they give it to them anyway. Or, and this is why like Australia is saying, it's informed consent, dummies, you did it. Well, no, you're not telling them the risks. That's why it's not informed consent. As I always point out, use in frail patients, the comorbidities, which otherwise means elderly people, limited information. They don't even know if it's safe. Other vaccines, like, I don't know, the flu vaccine? Nope. Studies to determine if they were safe together have not been performed. Oh, great. But do it anyway, though. Or how about just long-term safety? Because they must know long-term safety if they're giving it to children, right? Nope. Long-term safety of the vaccine is unknown at present. Good times. But we're all fake news because the person watching is pretending they don't see this. La, la, la. I don't see it because it must be wrong because I didn't get told that by Fox News or CNN. This is where we are. They're forcing this anyway. Fauci's now jumping to the fourth shot, just like we continue to tell you they will. And here is a doctor, mainstream, telling you the CDC data show booster, the third dose, wanes after four months. Oh, cool. So the CDC rewrites what they want you to look at. Even though this shows you that it wanes after one day, we'll just pretend that CDC says four months because we want you to think it still works for a little bit. So this is essentially the CDC rewriting and admitting what we were telling you six months ago and we were being censored for and they were calling fake news. And now they're admitting to you what they don't, which now is still, which has now become fake news because it's even more obviously worse. They're admitting what we told you before. After it's already been shown to be even worse. I mean, this is ridiculous. And what she points out, also what Israel reported months ago. Their verbiage paves way for future doses. Of course it does. But their data fails to demonstrate who would benefit most. Or how about we frame that as the data fails to benefit or to show a benefit at all. Oops, I'm not supposed to say that though. That's that's fake news. Except that's what the data shows. Oh, you can't say that though, right? Somebody, this is Mark. This is the uh, PM doc, medical doctor, Dr. Macari from Johns Hopkins, saying if they continue to downplay the role of cellular immunity, B and T cells, which they do, which these things aren't producing, as far as we can tell based on the science, and only focus on antibody titers, which is why they do that, they will think people need boosters every three months. Now, that's not actually a fair, I would say, argument because. That would suggest that they always generally fade after three months. And I don't think that's actually true. I mean, they should fade when they're no longer needed. And that's how they're supposed to work. So if these are waning immediately, that means your immune system is not working. But if you if your body needs them, you're still being introduced with the virus and it's in the way, if that's happening, then it shouldn't wane if your body needs them. And what's happening is the injection goes immediately and they're not looking for B and T cells. You know who does do that? You know who ha- what, what does create B and T cells? And what does create lasting immunity, antibody-wise and otherwise, for the rest of your life and for all the variants of concern that have popped up since, natural immunity, which they pretend is still not there, even while they admit that it's absolutely there and that it's better. 
We're actually there right now. That's what's so incredible. They've admitted that quietly with their own studies, and yet we're still happening, and they pretend we're not doing that and take the shots, though, that don't work. Here's Fauci saying, yet again, that you're going to need a booster. The one that they just pretended wasn't going to happen. There may be the need for yet again another boost. In this case, That's the fourth. a fourth dose boost for an individual receiving the mRNA that could be based on age. Whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just go ahead and rattle off why we're going to need the thing that you swore up and down we wouldn't need seconds ago. This guy is just jumping from stone to stone. Well, here is a nature study that says we're totally uncharted territory for vaccinology, says immunologist for Imperial College of London. Yeah, exactly. As this person says, we've stumbled into de facto program of frequent mRNA boosters, but that's not the way to go. Duh. <laughs> IT guy says on the internet, like, don't you love, not to suggest this person isn't intelligent, my point is, don't you love how just people online are going, yeah, you dumb idiots. We knew that from day one because it makes perfect sense. They, 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 are act, they are actively and always underestimating the intelligence of the average people. Here's nature telling you what you would have known in the very beginning as you watched the show or if you were in, you know, willing to think for yourself. January 28th, three, four or more. What's the magic number for booster shots? Well, it says a little extra protection from infection. Oh, this is the funny part. It says at last, late last year, studies showed the third booster were effective at providing a little extra protection from infection. Seriously? <laughs> you know what that means? A little protection from transmission, meaning it doesn't do anything. That's the, This is what they're saying, that this is why they're useful. A little extra protection. Some countries are now offering fourth doses, but scientists say that endless boosters might not be a viable strategy. You know who also said that? Anybody actually being honest about this and all the other doctors that have been speaking up that you're censoring right now, all of them. But now because you want us to kind of start questioning this for some reason, it's really crazy, isn't it? They're acting like this is a new thought. Do you realize how many of those people that you're censoring from frontline doctors or any of the ones we've interviewed have been saying this? Dr. Bhakti, Dr. Yeden. Yeah, but they don't count though because they've been debunked apparently, even though you're now vindicating what they said moments ago. Quote, we're in totally uncharted territory for vaccinology. Gee, didn't they just moments ago say that this is the most studied thing ever and that we all have safe and effective things? They're telling, we don't even know what's going on. That's Imperial College of London. Quote, we've stumbled into a de facto program of frequent mRNA boosters as an emergency measure. That sure sounds safe, but this really doesn't feel like the way to go. Wow, I feel safe. Doesn't, don't you, doesn't your six-month-old, they're trying to push it in their arm right now for the third time? Doesn't, doesn't that sound safe? That sounds like we're guessing our way out of a paper bag. That's exactly what they're doing or hurting you for an experiment. I don't know how else to frame it. In early January, Israel began offering fourth doses to older and immunocompromised people. Again, immunocompromised people who they don't even know if it's safe for. I would love somebody at any point in the next forever to make sense of that for me. They'll never talk about that because it's that that's one of those obvious moments where they can't, so they just ignore it. There's not some explanation that says, well, here's why we're testing on the person that we don't know if it's safe for. They're going to argue they're at such a high risk, and we know that COVID's so dangerous. And even though they have risks, which is we, the, the benefits outweigh the risk. No, it doesn't. How in, the, how in the world could you know the risks if you didn't study them? How in the world could you know their benefits if you haven't studied them? The profile is unknown. <laughs> I don't know how many times I could say that. I'll keep saying it again. Not some, I'm not addressing that to you guys. I'm, I'm baffled why other people haven't talked about it. 
Now it says researchers are debating whether a third dose will be enough to confer lasting immunity. Well, guess what? You already did the study. They won't. <laughs> but go ahead and wax intellectual about how we're pretending it's still going on. You know, the studies have all come out. There's been like 11 studies on this. But they're saying against Omicron and seeing if it works and emerging variants in most people or whether a fourth dose or even regular boosters will be needed. Just like for influenza. Yeah, isn't that what they said they were shooting for in the very beginning, but then got quiet on it when we started realizing? Yes, yes. And we said the same thing when we got censored for it. Just like almost every single part of this narrative. Like, go back to the beginning of this and just start knocking off everything that's happening right now. Every single thing. Regular, just like influenza. Yeah, that's what they probably want for money. Oh, censored. Some researchers say that the answer depends on the desired effect. Whether boosters are intended to prevent infections and slow transmission of the virus. Or what, opposed to, as opposed to doing nothing? Or whether the goal is to reduce severe disease and keep people out of the hospital. Cool, so you give them something where you claim it reduces what you have. So whatever you have, it's, it's working because you would have had more. Prove it. Nah, just take our word for it. Because it works. Can't you tell? You would be sicker right now. Oh, okay. The Rogaine analogy. Others point to evidence that extra doses could broaden the immune response. Enough to recognize new variants. Don't you love that? Others point to evidence that says it may work. Yeah, I don't see a link in there. Where are these others and what are they pointing at? Maybe the evidence that says the exact opposite and the other seven, st- I mean, I just keep throwing it. I personally have four other studies that I've shown you that literally to an exact T say every single thing we're talking about, that they wane, they don't work, that there's no, con- that, that it's the same as the first one. You know why? Because it's the same as the first one. This isn't new. You're taking a fourth dose of the exact same thing. I don't know why in the world they pretend that that means your body's going to do something different. Remember, your body's failing not the injection. And even if it was the injection, taking the same thing will produce another result. Isn't that insanity? Others point to the evidence that it might do this. I love that. Most agree though, who? Most, that we need new vaccines that offer wider protection. Gio, is that going to be the Omicron focused one? I don't know. What do you think? Omicron changed the thinking around boosters. No, it didn't. We already proved to you. And this is what's so embarrassing about this. This is nature for crying out loud. We've, oh, by the way, not Nate, this is nature, but this is Alejandro Barazas or Balaz saying this, but no, it didn't. We've proven to you from their own mouths, this was already happening during Delta. That's when the transmission was admitted it wasn't happening. But just because they capitalized on Omicron to claim that's where it all went wrong, they love to point at that. Everything was working exactly as we planned right up until Omicron. That's their running narrative right now. It's blatantly false. It says that's because faced with the variant, people previously regarded as fully vaccinated have now have, quote, an antibody response that's insufficient to prevent infections. Okay, how does that make sense? If they have been fully injected and that's what that, that all that is, is training their body, which is what they explained to you to have the proper response. Then they get in, they come up against something because of Omicron, which you're telling us is a mutated version and that's their antibody response is insufficient. Well, that suggests they're making antibodies for the right thing, which they're not. It's not insufficient. It's non-existent. What's happening is they're creating antibodies for something that's not in front of them because this injection is still primed or, or framed or created off of the Wuhan isolate. So they say, which by the way, don't forget, was admitted to not being there. So work that one out for yourself. We'll get to the Moderna thing in a second. They've admitted that wasn't there when they made the injection. So how can it be based on an isolate they didn't have? <laughs> Oops. But the point is, they claim it's whatever they made it based on in the beginning, it never changed. So now we've gone from Delta to this to that to Omicron. 
and you're making antibodies for something that's not there. That's the point. That's why antibody-dependent enhancement, that's why everything else, and that's why it's clearly creating something, but ultimately hurting you in the end. As Omicron outbreaks have spread, they say, boosters have been used to ramp up levels of neutralizing antibodies, curbing cases and easing strains on hospitals. That's not even remotely true. We very clearly keep showing you that it's exploding in the vaccinated population, but the concerns it says that boosters don't block infections for long, or at all, you know, whatever, but this is what they're arguing. It says here, other studies, which looked at different parts of the body's immune response, suggest that a third shot might already provide long-lasting immunity. Fake news. <laughs> I just love it's right there. Like I just because the point is they point at something that says maybe we think this might happen based on what we looked at. It we, that's that is using broad hypothetical real-world observational evidence, which is what it is. When you look at the actual studies of the actual engagement with the injection versus Omicron Delta and the three other studies that do the same thing. They all find the same thing. Waning immediately. Third, fourth. They even make that argument in the last one we showed you. That it's the same for whatever booster you want to point at. So all the well, other studies said that maybe it suggests that it, it could do this because of what we've researched objectively. Yes. I meant subjectively, actually. But observational studies is what these are. That's why it says suggest. Protection against severe illness seems more durable and is probably due to... <laughs> Yeah, that's what they're getting at. Well, too bad we've already shown you that's not what's happening and that that's not actually going on. Long, severe illness and durable memories happening from natural immunity, which you've already admitted from JCI Insights and even Nature, that before this even started, most people already had antibody responses and already had memory B, T cells. We showed you this. How is that possible? Well, it could be the cold. It could be SARS because they're coronaviruses, or it could be that it was circulating beforehand. I'll let you dive into that yourself, but that's not my point, my opinion. That is peer-reviewed research that already found that. I'll just show you the one since I always wonder whether somebody watching is going, that's not true. He's making that up. Here's one. I've shown you all of them before, nature as well. A majority of uninfected adults had pre-existing antibody reactivity. A majority, not infected meaning they shouldn't have natural immunity, and they already ended up having antibody reactivity. The other one from nature shows memory B, T-cell, and so on. That's what's happening. And we've already shown you that when you get the injection, it actually starts to remove those antibodies from your blood. So what's happening, in my opinion, is that there's some res res residual something happening. Protection against severe illness seems more durable. It says, which remain capable of battling Omicron, even as antibody defenses decline. Yeah, B, B cells and T cells are what actually are the lasting memory that, that end up triggering the antibody responses. But if you're not making them, well, how does that make sense? They're grasping at this. And, it's, and by the way, that's why it says suggest and seems to. That's not science. It says, quote, hopefully this third shot, hopefully great science is enough. Hopefully it's enough for most people to prevent severe disease and offer some protection against infection. Jeez, is that where we really are? So it's gone from 100% effective. You just saw the Fauci clip. 100%. It's incredible how effective this is. And now we're down to kind of, it, 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 for, it prevents, it says the sure, the third, hopefully, excuse me, the third shot is enough for most people to prevent severe illness and offer some protection. So a little protection against transmission and then prevent severe disease. So they still get sick though. So you're going to get sick and you might stop transmission, but it won't be bad though. How can we prove that? That's what we got to. That's hundred percent effective according to Fauci. Rather than administering endless booster shots, they say, a better way to slow the pandemic would be to develop new vaccines. Of course, this is where it leads. That quote, have a longer enduring effect. Oh, so you're, so that's, it, you know what's funny about that? 
what they're saying there without you really want, without you hoping you don't really acknowledge and pick up on it. These injections do not have a longer enduring effect. That means they're not working. They're desperate to hide that from you. But see, they're going, well, we're going to make another one that has an actually longer enduring, but this one's safe and effective and it's 100% and works the better than anything we've ever made ever. But what needs to be longer and enduring and actually work. <laughs> the media has dug their hole on that because they are desperate to go, it's the best thing we've ever made ever and we've studied it for a thousand years and it saves you from everything. And in fact, it actually improves your memory and it makes you live longer. And they've, they've made all these arguments. But here they are going, but well, we need something that works. <laughs> God, the media is so pathetic these days. And it says, and that allow adequate protection against multiple pre-existing emerging strains. You know what that's called? Natural immunity, which already does all of that. And most people already have. The first data on Omicron specific vaccines are expected within months. Great. So you're making something already that doesn't seem relevant in, as you're at right now. You're talking about something that has been admittedly less dangerous, that people are already changing. You're already pointing at new variants and new mutations and we're going to give people an injection. So would that mean they have to take a whole other thing? What about the ones that just took the fourth shot? Do they need a fifth shot now for this new Omicron thing? How does that even make sense? This is mayhem. A pan-coronavirus vaccine that covers all strains as well as related viruses would be preferable. That's their long goal. A shot you take all the time, six months, every year, that just is applicable to whatever they say it's for. That's what they're working toward. That's, I've, I've shown you that the universal flu vaccine conference got lab and before this has been pushed out long before COVID-19, but it says it'd be preferable, but whether this is the possibility isn't clear yet. They're working as hard as they can at that. It's already being worked on right now. We will keep the, our focus very firmly on protection against severe disease. Of course you will, because it doesn't stop transmission. And all you can do is say that if you, you'd be in worse shape if you, you, oh, you died. Well, you would have died even worse if you had the injection, you didn't have the injection. Of course, that's where we are. Going forward, talking about Omicron, right? The, the weird origin of this and how this is what spurred all of this conversation. And from the moment this came out after four diplomats of unknown origin that nobody ever looked into, they had diplomatic immunity crossed into Botswana. Just going to do this real quick. Because that's just important for people that haven't seen it. This is from the Botswana government. This is their post on Twitter that very clearly says the new virus was detected on four foreign nationals who entered Botswana on the 7th of November on a diplomatic mission, meaning they had diplomatic immunity, which means they could have carried something in their bag that they weren't allowed to check. And then boom, suddenly something happens. And then where'd those diplomats go? Where were they from? Why does that not matter? And then jumps to South Africa and that's where everything jumped from. And South Africa was where all this stuff ties back to. And they just weirdly didn't talk about Botswana. I don't think we were supposed to know about Botswana. It's all about South Africa and where, the, where Omicron started in South Africa. That's not true. It's right here. Something weird. Well, this is the doctor who apparently discovered Omicron or said the, you know, whatever she found. Well, guess what she's saying on the record right now? Quote, I was told to talk up Omicron threat, says the founder of the variant. Think about that, guys. This is open. This is what I mean when they're falling apart. They are running from this right now. Doesn't mean that everything's anything's ever going to happen. But recognize how clear this is. And I've never seen it like this. She is saying they try, They told me to lie to you about the threat of Omicron. Why would that be? Because there's something weird going on. Don't forget about the HIV connection with South Africa and the concept of the 85 injections and where they're being tested. And all of this, there's something going on. Here is Josh 
some interesting last name, simply pointing out the Israeli Ministry of Health actually did a survey of adverse events after the booster dose. And guess what? It's absolutely devastating to their narrative. Now, just to quickly point out some of the findings, you can research this for yourself. 0.5% of people actually reported hospitalization just, just after the booster. As a result of the adverse events they experienced, now that's because of hospitalization, and it says not just the emergency room, but hospitalization. It says they had administered 4.5 million booster doses. That's over 22,000 hospitalizations. 92 million boosters in the United States, which is 460,000 hospitalizations. 4.5% of respondents reported neurological problems. Well, doesn't that seem relevant? Now, remember, this is just a survey. Most people are afraid to say it. They don't want to look like an anti-vaxxer. That's why Bayer's gets less than 1% of the reports. But even this is, an, is alarming. 4.5% of everyone taking this, neurological problems, seizures, loss of consciousness, blurred vision, Bell's palsy, about 25%, a quarter of everyone that took it. With pre-existing autoimmune disorders, Depression or anxiety reported a worsening of their symptoms. Nearly 10% of women under the age of 54 had disruptions to their menstrual cycles, menstrual cycles. And we've seen all of this, guys. Well, this is what Israel found in their own surveys. Well, guess what? It's almost like they're trying to hide it, huh? Here's Israeli news. Mild illness? Nah, not Omicron. Omicron causing more neurological issues than previous variants. Wait a minute. Didn't you just do a survey of the booster and found that's exactly what was, a, was the largest, one of the largest problems? Yep. And then they come out with a report that says Omicron causes the same thing. Hmm. Well, that's telling. Many who recovered from Omicron experience extreme weakness, loss of consciousness, even a comatose state. That's exactly what they said in the report. It says Israel's healthcare system is now dealing with the neurological side effects of the Omicron wave. You mean that thing that's not very dangerous, that they all admitted wasn't very dangerous, that you just, it, that she just admitted she was told to hype? Hmm, maybe it's not Omicron at all. Maybe it's the injection that they all took. You know, like this study very clearly found that it was aggressively attacked. COVID-19 RNA-based vaccines and the risk of prion disease. You know, prion disease, like things like ALS, or Alzheimer's neurological degenerative diseases. Yeah, it's stuff just like that. When you read this, it's a damning study that finds very clearly this is something that's going on. Well, all these people, they're in the hospital because of Omicron. How many of them were injected? Well, don't forget, this is the most boosted place on the planet. 90 plus percent of the population is fully injected. We're talking about an obvious representation of what the injection is causing, and all they can do is go, Omicron did it just like they will with whatever next excuse they use, the next part, the next dose, the next variant, instead of looking at what the obvious reality is. These side effects seem to be more significant than previous waves. I wonder why. The health ministry is examining the scope of the neurological issues. Remember how we have this weird, weird brain disease in Canada? This weird brain thing happening in India right alongside this injection. To, yeah, no, fake news, something in the water. That's what they said. We've seen this from the beginning neurological, and everyone just dismisses it. Well, there's an obvious correlation here. But hospitals are reporting that many of those recovered are experiencing these issues. Recovered. This is especially true for women. So realize it's a correlation for them. That's it. We see it in people that were sick. Well, how about we start asking how many of them were injected? How much you want to bet it would be pretty damn obvious. It says especially true for women who are experiencing loss of consciousness, migraines, muscle aches, and the complaints are more common among younger women experiencing only mild illness. Interesting. 
Well, this seems to be something they found. This study, I highly recommend you read. We did this was this is from December 2020. You know, right around the same time when they found that there was clear issues in regard to informed consent. Dang it, come on. Include this for those that care to look at it. Same same exact month, December 20th, 2020. March 2021, March 2020, March 2021 was when it was peer reviewed. But just don't forget that they said a specific and significant COVID-19 risk of antibody dependent enhancement, meaning that if you take the injection and then get confronted with COVID, it, it increases your risk. It's right there, antibody dependent enhancement. That specific and significant risk should have been and should be prominently and independently disclosed to people taking the injection, both in trials and in the real world, in order to meet informed consent. 2020, December, that was stated. Never have they even cared to even mention this. The point is, this is the same month. That they, this is a problem. They, there were problems coming up. And it was all just hidden, couched, covered up, ignored. Well, here we are now going forward into the Omicron pandemic, apparently. And guess what, guys? Well, U.S. officials are now discussing their preparations for the next phase of the Omicron waves. Or excuse me, the next phase of the pandemic as Omicron wanes. So how about when Omicron wanes or we're going to a point to where we can obviously say, well, they're all, oh, cases are down 40%. And okay, so if we're never really in a pandemic and we can point out that this was a predominantly a manipulation of statistics in, in elderly people and manipulations of data, of testing. And now we know as a matter of fact that for the vast majority of people, if not maybe even the elderly people too, if you want to really break this down, but definitely people under that, less than the flu, which is a fact easily pointed out by even, where was that? I had that up somewhere. <laughs> I'll come back to it. But the point is that even pointed out by the CDC's own statistics, their own data. But how about we're not even in a pandemic right now? But what they're saying is as this, as this end part that's not dangerous begins to wane, even itself, we're going to talk about the next phase of the pandemic. You know what that tells you? It's never going to end. You're always going to be in a phase of this, the end phase, or the ongoing phase, or the preparation phase, or the you know making sure it doesn't come back phase. This is the biosecurity state. This is the war, the war on terror that never goes away. It's always in our. Well, when we get to a point where nothing's happening, well, we're just watching for the next ones, right? It never goes away. Listen to how they frame this. U.S. health officials said on Wednesday they are preparing for the next phase of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Next phase, as Omicron related cases decline, including updating CDC guidance on mask wearing and shoring up U.S. testing capacity. You know, that's, an, that's a forever thing. The guidance for masks and testing, that's forever. That's the point. And you think I'm wrong? It says right here, quote, we're moving toward a time when COVID isn't a crisis. So it's over then. But no, there's no longer a part where this just goes away. They just go to the next phase. But is something we can protect against and treat. You mean like what we talked about in the Great Barrington Declaration right in the beginning? And that's not, it's not something we can protect against and treat because you guys did something. It's always been that way. You're giving people injections that dramatically increase their risk and pretending like the natural progression of this decline means you did something. You know, just like things in the past, like polio and everything else in the past we've talked about, that they admitted the people that made these things. The president and our COVID team are actively planning for the future. Oh, great. This is the White House COVID response coordinator. So these people's entire careers are invested in maintaining the COVID response and the risk because their job doesn't mean anything if that goes away. Quote, our highest first priority is fighting Omicron. Okay, fighting something that's not dangerous? 
at the same time, we're preparing for the future. Right. There you go. It's about keeping the momentum of what we need to keep going with this. But that's why they're doing this. But no, it's not mild, actually. It does other things forever that might we can't prove that are going to carry on over this because it's just about maintaining the ongoing ambiguous threat forever. You should see this by now. I know you do. But it says, quote, we want to give people a break from things like mask wearing. A break when these metrics are better. Oh, I thought they were saving our lives. Doesn't, isn't Omicron dangerous? So why are you just, so just arbitrarily going, just take a break. We'll let you risk your lives for a week and then you can put it back on, right? Does that make sense? It obviously goes news to the show. I'm being facetious. In no way do I think these, look, the, the, inje- the masks they're talking about in every sense from top to bottom are not, stati- they're not statistically significant in reducing transmission as every study from before this and continuing through have shown you. Now they're admitting cloth masks don't work, even though that was the one they forced on everybody. But yeah, trust them now, though, because that's smart. But go ahead, just, just take a break. Just pause on it and kill your grandma for a week, and then you could take it back, right? I'm not, this, I, this is exactly what they're saying. How embarrassing. This is Walensky speaking. We want to give you a little break from the mask wearing, you know, when the metrics are better, and then have the ability, she says, to reach for them again should things worsen. That's exactly what she said. She is telling you they are never going away. The moment they want to freak out about something or use to control you or whatever, just claim we see something coming. Get those masks out. Go on lockdown. Quarantine. This is the system, guys. This is your new normal. Walensky cautioned that people will still have to wear masks in certain situations. Even right now. Tom Inglesby, the White House advisor for COVID testing. You see, they, they, they have entire jobs that have grown around this whole thing. This is the same analogy as saying, do you think Louis Vuitton would make an entire bag or a mask for COVID if this wasn't going to be here forever? They knew, just like they know now. There wouldn't be entire, they're building an apparatus around this. They have an advisor for testing. They've got a, a COVID-19, uh, what was it called? The COVID-19 response coordinator and the test coordinator. And they, their entire jobs are hinging on the continuation of this. You know, that, that narrative, like, you know, that when you're invested, when your job is invested in the lies or however that goes. But it says he issued a formal request for information to related companies about how to bolster the nation's testing capacity. Yeah, so you just said it's waning. Why would you f- go over the top to Im- to bolster testing capacity when you don't need more testing? Well, because the more you test, then you can have a surge next week. Oh, masks got to come back. We tested extra hard and we got a bunch of false positives. Get those masks out. The industry's response will help direct U.S. investment. Great, so we're going to invest in things based on our testing and how we do That's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, guess what, guys? The stealth Omicron is back. This is yesterday. The BASBA2 subvariant of Omicron rises. Lab studies point to signs of severity. We're already back in the spin. Now, this may not get picked up, but it could. Just like we've seen this happen. The, the media will run with this and bleed about it. And ca- every 30 seconds, we get updated metrics about what could be happening. And this may be more severe and like everything else. Oh, do we ever find out if Omicron was more severe? Nope. It just could be. It still could be. Don't miss the joke there. Just like Delta could be. It could be more dangerous. That's how they report this. Well, it's been about six months. Have we figured it out yet? No, it could be more dangerous, though. It really could be. That means it's not. <laughs> They just don't ever want to tell you that. It's not more dangerous. They don't say that because that would give you a rightful amount of no longer fearing it. 
But no, they got to make you fear it. Like they admitted and they've been caught for, like in the UK and everywhere else. Their entire objective was about scaring you into submission. That's a fact that was caught even using lies. Now it says the BA2 virus, which is technically subvariant or a variant they claim, which again, I even asked this then, subvariant, variant, you're calling it a virus. Is it not a, I mean, is it something new? Then why are you framing it this way? It's very strange. A subvariant of Omicron coronavirus variant. So it's a subvariant of a variant. <laughs> yeah, that's not getting ridiculous. It's just spreading faster than its distant cousin, it says, or isn't, isn't just spreading faster. But just like I said, guys, guess what? It may also be more dangerous. It may be. I'd love to see when it stops being maybe more dangerous. It'll never be more dangerous. It just may be because that means right now that it's not. And it's, it shows signs of, and you know what those signs are? Mutation, just like the other one was, except it turned out not to be more dangerous. But they will love to hype and point at anything that could mean that, right? It could be. It appears capable of thwarting some of the key weapons we have against COVID. What are those key weapons? The injection? Your pill that doesn't work? Well, you don't have any weapons. You have problems. But it says new lab experiments from Japan show that BA2 may have features that make it as capable of causing the serious illness as older variants like Delta, except Delta was also not more dangerous, which was proven. But it's capable of, it may be, it suggests that it might. Gotta love that science, right? That's CNN science right there. And like Omicron, it appears to largely escape the immune created by vaccines, or, or it means that you don't have any. <laughs> A booster shot restores protection. No, it doesn't. Protect, making illness after infection, about 74% less likely. Do you see this shows you not only, or okay, I'll give you two options. Either they're knowingly lying to you or this idiot writer, I shouldn't say that, but this Brenda Goodman is just taking at face value what they tell her. It's relative risk reduction. We know that. It's been very clearly admitted to, even though they keep running with it. But it doesn't make you 74% less likely to do anything. If you have 74% efficacy or you have 90% efficacy, that is a 90% relative risk reduction. That barely goes over 1%. I've already, I mean, I've shown you this. I mean, let me see if I can do it again real quick since I bring it up a couple bunch of times today. All right, right on. There it is. And you have the right to know the potential benefit of any intervention. For example, Pfizer reported that its vaccine shows a 95% efficacy. That sounds like it protects you 95% of the time, right? But that's not actually what that number means. Fake news. That 95% refers to the relative risk reduction, but it doesn't tell you how much your overall risk is reduced by vaccination. For that, we need absolute risk reduction. In the Pfizer trial, 8 out of 18,198 people who were given the vaccine developed COVID-19. In the unvaccinated placebo group, 162 people got it, which means that even without the vaccine, the risk of contracting COVID-19 was extremely low at 0.88%, which the vaccine then reduced to 0.04%. So the net benefit or the absolute risk reduction that you're being offered with a Pfizer vaccine is 0.84%. That 95% number, that refers to the relative difference between 0.88% and 0.04%. That's what they call 95% relative risk reduction. What garbage. And I, I know I was showing you on the screen for a minute. I was just trying to get some of these tabs out of the way since I had it off the screen because I know you guys love that. Now, note, note how I've got like 10 times more tabs than I did on that other show before that crashed, right? 
it's not, it's, I'm telling you guys, it's, I, I'm very careful with the, how much I'm doing and what's going on in the background. And I'm constantly watching the activity monitor. The, the, the times when these things crash, it's the absolute last time it should. My point being is every time it crashes before the show starts, there are times when I don't even have the tabs up yet. It's just, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But going forward, think about how ridiculous this is. This is obvious. And this is still the point today, as of right now. So when they say, stupidly, that it gives you 74% less anything, that means they don't know what they're talking about. Very clearly. Now, when they say it appears largely to escape immunity, understand, just like the Daily Expose pointed out, they also either don't know what they're talking about, or they're just towing the line. If you're taking an injection... It's supposed to create your body to create a response. But the problem is it's creating a response. It's just not creating the response that does anything because you're dealing with something that's not currently there. You're creating some sort of antibody for God knows what that's hurting you. Just like we've shown you many times, like Dr. Ryan Cole points out or plenty of others tell you. This is, it's, it, this is an obvious reality that they're trying to keep from you because it hurts you. We know those signals from SARS-CoV-1. We've seen this in, in cat coronavirus vaccines where cats ended up with this horrible inflammation swelling of the stomach and about 30% of the cats died. So we know once you prime somebody with an antibody and that antibody is good, great. But if you prime them with an antibody that is not good, sit back and pull out the popcorn because we're going to... There's another element to safety. And that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. They're trying to train the body's immune system to target the right part of the virus because getting it wrong can be dangerous. We know that historically with coronaviruses that if you do vaccinate with the wrong kind of vaccine, for instance in domestic cats who have a similar viral infection, that you can make the disease more severe. Oops, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Hit the wrong button. Uh, but so... You guys have seen that, but as always, it's important for the people that haven't yet to see that continuity. There's a lot of evidence pointing out that's literally what we're dealing with. Now, to understand, whether you think it's happening or not, whether you think that what this peer-reviewed study very clearly said is undeniable, specific, and significant, and absolutely happening, whether you think that's happening or not, understand what they're talking about here. And what they just said in those videos, Fauci himself included, that if you're giving somebody an injection that causes antibodies for something else, which is exactly what's happening. Omicron, and you can the, the research shows very clearly, this is be, still about the Wuhan isolate, that that can hurt you. How much more clear does that need to be? That's where we are. Why is that not being discussed? Even as we have peer-reviewed science from December 2020 that says it's already happening because you're being manip manipulated, because you're being lied to, because they know that. Fauci knows that's there. They all know it. They're just running from it. Or something else is happening. Uh, either way, that's a fact that they're keeping from your view. The findings were posted Wednesday on a preprint study on BioRx server, right? I always love how it's like fake news. You're that's a preprint, you dumb conspiracy theorist. But then when they like a preprint, that's everything that matters. And yes, they reference that it is a preprint. That means it's not, but so do we. Every time we talk about one, every time it might be, 
from a human's perspective, a worse virus than BA1, they say, and might be able to transmit better. <laughs> That's the study. Might be better, might be more dangerous. Sure sounds scientific to me. BA2 is highly mutated compared to the original, and that's why they say that. Well, so wasn't wasn't also Omicron too? Didn't you also say that was why it'd be more dangerous? And isn't that why it ended up not being? Yep, exactly. It says, as you know, BA2 is called Stealth Omicron. Yeah, that's that one that was everywhere and we're all gonna die. And then and then there's Fluorona and there's Delmacron and it's all gonna kill us all. And then it just gets quiet and goes away. I guess they just forgot about them, right? Were they all, were we all just going to die? And then suddenly, oh, North Korea, Ukraine, we're now over there. It's, okay, well, apparently they weren't that dangerous if it just gets dropped. What happened to the flu rona? What, where did flu? Oh, that's right. Flu disappeared again. Maybe because you just jammed it into COVID again, right? I mean, how embarrassing is that? But here is where we're at, where they're going to hype this, whether it's a new variant or strain or whatever else. This is just the UK government coming out and saying, well, the next strain, Whatever that could be, even though we have no evidence that's here, could kill many more people, they say, warn scientists, ahead of England restricting any. I'm not even making this up. This is just them coming out with nothing, saying the next thing, whatever that might be, whatever it might happen, that could, that could kill more people. Yeah, and it could not also, and it could not happen. Or, it, I mean, really? I don't even understand why you credit, why you would give any credence. This is an arbitrary argument saying the next thing could hurt people well obviously i mean so, so what's your argument that we should and the, this is the point ahead of easing restrictions so what's the argument that we shouldn't age restrictions that are already hurting way more people than what you claim this thing is because the next thing that we don't see yet might end up killing more people apparently so this is the same argument they're making everywhere else and i keep showing you guys this stuff oh, this is the wrong one i think i'll come back to it Oh, that was what I was looking for a moment ago. I'll get too ahead of myself. There's a point here where I'm showing you where they're telling you it's just about the idea that, well, the unknown is scary. Yeah, that's called life. But you see, you've scared these people into a hole to where they don't understand how to live anymore without your hovering government hand. There is uncertainty in life. To know whether or not there may be another virus coming that could kill you is just what happens when you live and exist. But to pretend that... England restrictions will keep you safe is to uh, not is to be so willfully ignorant of your own reality that you think that the most dangerous thing in front of you is the thing that'll keep you safe. Demands grow for government and science chiefs to reveal evidence backing why they lifted restrictions. Yeah, haven't I been saying that from the beginning? They removed restrictions. Okay, why? Now I'm not saying that the bad thing they remove restrictions. I'm I've been calling it from the beginning. These are the most unjust things we've ever seen in our lives. But if it's the most deadly pandemic in the century, and they just remove the restrictions without any new science. Doesn't that show you they've been lying the whole time? Yes. Just like Walensky saying, we'll give you a break. Just take a little break because, you know, whatever. A future variant of COVID-19 could be much more dangerous and cause far higher numbers, says scientists. <laughs> it just makes me ridiculous. Yeah, so it, it could be anything. It, it, could, it could also, I mean, I, I could go off on that for It's just so stupid. As a result of this completely hypothetical, objective, subjective, maybe possibility that may never happen, many of them say that caution needs to be taken in lifting restrictions right now. How do you even make sense of that? Like, why wouldn't they come out and say, here's a current variant that looks more dangerous, and that's why we shouldn't lift them? Wouldn't that make more sense? Maybe they just want, maybe they're just seeing how far they can stretch the hypothetical fear. At the same time, they say demands are growing for Chris Whitty and, and the UK government 
to hold a press conference to actually reveal why they did this. Now it says, quote, the Omicron variant did not come from Delta variant. It came from a completely different part of the virus's family tree. Or, you know, maybe it came from something else. Maybe it wasn't even the same thing. Maybe it got brought and released and something's happening, right? I don't know why we pretend that's not a valid question to ask today. They're telling you right there, we don't even know. It came from a completely different family tree. It says, and since we don't know where the virus's family tree, where in the virus's family tree, a new variant is going to come from, as if it will for sure tomorrow. And you love that. They don't know that. We cannot know how pathogenic it might be. You know why they think they do know is because clearly since the injection was given, variants have exploded and popped off every 30 seconds. But it says it could be less pathogenic, but it could just as easily be more pathogenic. So what the answer is, because we literally have no idea what's happening, we should just keep you on lockdown. I'm not even making this up. It could be less, but it could be more. So basically because of unknown possible threats, we should be restricted in every way forever. Does that sound like an accident? The call comes from, as new figures suggest, people with blood cancer are now accounting for a higher proportion of COVID deaths. We'll look at that. Then any point in the pandemic. Yeah, that doesn't align exactly with the idea of what we just talked about, whether we're talking about antibody-dependent enhancement or the spike proteins in your blood or the fact of the increased cancer-causing issues or the, 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 I think it was the reduction of CD8 T-cells, if I remember correctly, where the explosion of cancers... All of this ties back to the injection in every possible way. It says, according to an analysis by the ONS, a total of 458 people with blood cancer in England and Wales died of COVID, as they say, that they tell you, between October and December 2021. That accounts for one in 20 of the people who died from COVID during that time. That's crazy. And you know what's crazy to me is they pretend like any random new thing they can tie to it just makes sense because COVID. How about we realize how much evidence we have that ties the injection to all of this stuff? People with blood cancer have weakened immune systems, they say, and so are less likely to be protected. Gee, I wonder if that is literally the dysregulation of the immune system that caused the blood cancer to happen, that they're making point, they're just pointing at something else. Certainly possible, isn't it, based on all the evidence and peer-reviewed science, and they just don't want to ask that question. Incredible. Or how about we're talking about all the other stuff, the VADES conversations and everything else. Nope. Has to be the new thing that's not very dangerous. Quote, the lack of any joined up plan to support the immunocompromised. You mean the people that you're forcing shots on that you don't know if it's safe for? It's like they're using these people, guys. Whether it's eugenics or just a sample audio, or whether just using them to keep the pointing at them. The lack of any joined up plan to support the people that we're forcing this on suggests that they have not featured prominently in the government's decision to lift the remaining COVID restrictions. So now they're using them as the reason to keep people on lockdown. It says, we understand that we cannot keep restrictions forever. No, they don't. But given the potential negative impact for immunocompromised people. So another unknown. It is important that the government's advisors set out the scientific basis. Great. So now we need to hear the scientific basis for why we shouldn't break lockdown, but we're allowed, we don't care about anything else. We don't have to justify the lockdowns, justify the mass. No, don't. It's all because we're scared and there's danger and there's risk and it benefits that way the risks. But now, oh, we better stop and make sure we prove everything. Fiona Loud, policy director from Kidney Care UK, urged the government to show commitment to the nation's 500,000 immunocompromised people. Gee, I wonder if that number is 
that way because of where we are now or because it was before or what it even is now. Maybe look, they're literally using the very population they're creating with these injections to justify why we should stay where we are. And then we're also tying this in with HIV and we can see this is a never ending cycle, guys. By sharing their plans and evidence for their decision-making, abandoning all measures without preventative treatments, free testing and duty not to, uh, and, and a duty not to expose immunocompromised people to COVID-19 unnecessarily risks making the info, make, making us into a second class citizen. But here's what they're saying. We're willing to jam you into a dangerous situation with no evidence whatsoever that we now looking back and knew beforehand, by the way, we're going to hurt you. Lockdowns, quarantines, masks, all of it. But the moment they want to move them away from those things that we currently see are hurting you, nope, we need to deliberate for months and years and weeks. We'll take a, a three-year study to make sure these that we, sh we shouldn't move them, right? But we'll only spend four, three months making sure these injections are, quote, safe for you. This is just insulting. And the point being, I was looking for this a moment ago, as Rita Panahi points out, and this doctor points out, and that they're now allowed to say, even though we were being say, were saying this from the very beginning of Censored War, as always, quote, flu is more dangerous. Now, that's not just Omicron, by the way. That's the point. But Doc says, fit, fit need not fear Omicron. But they're forcing on shots on everybody anyway. Here's something interesting update real quick. Rebels announce evacuation from the East Ukraine. Well, that's that's not news. That we were see how funny that is. That's the that's the false flag, according to Bora or everybody else. That's a false flag. They're not really in now, but are they? Here, let's look real quick what they say. Is that not gonna move? That's weird. There it goes. It says the evacuation came after the simmering eastern Ukraine conflict zone saw what some sources described as a mostly intense artillery bombardment. So here apparently here's Reuters saying they're moving. How funny is that? <laughs> I got to include that. Hold on. So basically, after all the bluster, sorry to, sorry to be disjointed here, but I just had noticed that. After all the bluster and all the screaming, it turns out that they are actually evacuating. And that they, and that they, and Reuters has a picture and everything. They're evacuating. Those don't look, look, by the way, rebels, huh? How about just civilians from the Donks region or Donbass? But they're all rebels because they're terrorists and it's just so funny to me how pathetic these people are, how willing they are to lie to you. But back to the point, flu is more dangerous and it always has been. And that's why we see things like this, that they don't want you to know. Massachusetts, they report that from their health agencies that more than 12,000 new breakthrough COVID cases, meaning they had the injections first, 243 additional deaths among the vaccinated residents. Yeah, but you know, you know it's, all about, it's all about the pandemic of the unvaccinated, huh? The evidence is overwhelming, and that's why you don't really hear that anymore. Now, here's an interesting video. Now, in interest of time, I'm just going to play the opening clip here. You guys can watch this for yourselves. Uh, this is a really important one from Project Veritas. As always, I will always point out that I, too, notice always that they selectively edit. Very partisan-leaning, always. <laughs> just, that's a fair assessment, and I, you have to be honest about it. It doesn't mean, by the way, that even when they do selectively edit, that it's, still not, that it's not true. This is a guy from the FDA saying these things. So I find this to be wildly important. And that's why I still, even, even with the partisan editing, I think that Veritas serves a very important purpose. But you won't find this in most places going the other direction. You won't find this kind of thing in Trump's administration, for instance, right? But this is important. Christopher Cole, FDA executive officer of countermeasures, the very person acknowledging and, and, and um, administering the emergency authorizations in regard to injections or uh, approving them, I should say. But watch the opening clips. 
This is important. Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. So you have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet. They don't want to like uh, rile everyone up. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, so they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of uh, uh, money going into their, their company. I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve this. Meet Christopher Cole, an executive officer at the FDA with over 20 years experience who claims to be director. Oh. Vaccine approvals and, and uh, devices for vaccines. And my office cleared all the uh, emergency since COVID is under an emergency uh, order, we expedite the approval of any emergency. I've been there for 22 years. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet because they don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. It's, is so, it going to be formally announced? Yeah, yeah, at some point. I mean, it's going to be, uh, uh, and some of it's been talked about publicly, but it has been talked about on, like, CNN or Fox. Exactly. Or anything. Because they know that's they know that's the propaganda disseminators, right? That's the average lowest common denominator. Not that people don't watch it, it doesn't make you part of that. But the point is that people that only watch their one Fox News or CNN channel, that's the lowest common denominator. That's why when it goes out on those TV channels, that that's where we talk about the main propaganda. Because it'll get released on even print Fox or print CNN. Most people don't read those guys, they read headlines. What he's saying is they basically quietly floated it, but they haven't truly announced it. Which, by the way, we know that already. We absolutely know this. My point is these are the people, insiders, that already acknowledge these realities. That it's coming, you just don't know that yet. So who's actually being a conspiracy theorist here? So yeah, it'll, 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 you'll have to get uh, an annual. I think, right, uh, so we have to get an annual shot. That's already decided, guys. This is an FDA executive officer. Um, what's going to happen is um, it's going to be a gradual thing. Schools are going to mandate it. Right. Why do they need to go well, the same reason um, that you or I would need the to because the, the vaccine um, it wanes. Mm-hmm. Or actually your body wanes, if you understand the reality, right? The vaccine doesn't wane. The vaccine doesn't work. It's not a vaccine, in fact, but whatever. Um, your ability to fight it, it wanes. So yeah, see, even he says that. Your ability to fight it wanes, not the injection. Your ability to fight it. That's the truth right there. Three will bolster your, your system. That's not, that's not true. Annual, um, right, exactly. And then there'll be an annual shot just like the flu, right? That's the main point right there. Like an annual just like the flu shot. For the toddlers? Well, for everyone. Okay, so the toddlers too then. We'll have to get Probably. annually. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's in the future. We're not sure. That might involve more, uh, more studies. The FDA was scheduled to meet this week to discuss approval of the Pfizer vaccine for children as young as six months old. They were hoping to have the new vaccine available by the end of the month, but the meeting was unexpectedly canceled, citing the need for more testing. You guys have been in the news a lot the last couple of days. Yeah, we're looking at um, trying to prove. Um, I don't completely agree with their the process. They're looking at trying to inoculate um, um, kids under five years old. Mm-hmm. between six months and five years old. What do you mean you don't agree with the process? Well, I mean, they, um, they don't have all the, all the tests aren't there. You know what's funny to me? How in the world does this guy not pick up on what the hell's going on? That girl must be pretty damn good looking for him to not realize what the hell's happening, especially with everyone, see- that everyone seems to be aware of Project Veritas. If I were in a position like this, good God, 
how dumb do you have to be to sit there? And I mean, <laughs> it just blows me away. The question she's asking, he's got to be like, you can almost see in his face. Like, I feel like he knows, but he's just going, please let this be real. She's so cute. You know, that's how I feel like it's happening. Anyway, the point is that they're saying the tests aren't in there, right? He knows this is the FDA acknowledging that the FDA, the FDA is supposed to be the group that's making sure the tests are there, but they're so cool about they just, well, but it doesn't matter. We don't have the test. We're going to try to push it anyway. But now because enough people are paying attention, they, I guess, just paused the meeting and pulled back. But he's telling you, even he was uncomfortable about it. It's just disgusting, isn't it? It's, it's so obvious how right that you are. Now, on censorship, what's interesting to me, as that meeting gets pulled back and everything kind of starts to change in front of us, Dr. Andrew points out the PREDICT program was suspended by Twitter. Which is very strange. Why would a U.S. government-sponsored virus discovery program be suspended? Now, I haven't actually gone. I, I checked again. I checked when I first pulled this up, whether it still is censored. But it was. You can see it. Now, why is that? Same question about why we would ask why this Moderna video on Moderna's own website says that a video has been removed for violating YouTube's terms of service. Like, this isn't a joke, guys. That's incredible. Why would that be? Now, my thought is either one of two things. That these things, because the narrative is so broken, they broke themselves to censor what they were told they needed to censor. And now because the narrative is turning on such a hard, on a dime, it's taking a hard turn that they can't update the algorithm. They've broken their own systems. We've seen James and I, James Corbett and I talked about this. To where their own system doesn't seem to understand what it's doing because they are not inputting logic into it. It's breaking their logic, and they, but they just have to censor what they want to censor. So now it's either that they are censoring people that are saying things that are now being allowed, but their algorithms haven't caught up yet, which ends up being them, or there's stuff inside of this that they don't want you to see, and they're hiding it behind censorship, acting like, whoa, we got censored too. I don't know how you want to look at it, but either way, very strange. Now, here's the point that I want to make here that I think is very important. First of all, we'll watch this video next. Thank you for the person who sent this to me. I really appreciate that they said they had it saved somewhere. And, you'll, and I, I have at least a thought about why it was removed, but it's very strange to me. Now, here's the point about this. After you have to open this page, like you have to hit this button like seven times to get it down to the bottom, recognize that on January 11th, Chinese authorities shared the genetic sequence of the novel coronavirus to, with Moderna and everyone else. And that's when you, I just showed you that documentary that started the gun and off they went. All these companies started making vaccines before it was even isolated. Now, first of all, recognize that's clear with the genetic sequence. They're telling you that they just got, that's all they got. So even if it had been isolated, all they got was the genetic sequence on a computer screen from China, mind you. So Trump didn't care that it was from China. Trump with, involving Monsef Salawi, who was directly involved with Moderna. They didn't care that it came from China. Apparently not. All Trump supporters didn't know that at the time as they were claiming Trump was fighting China, but they happily used the sequence that they gave them without any due diligence to use to make the injections that Trump sped through with Operation Warp Speed. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? But we also, again, have to remember that the CDC said that they did not isolate it. At the very least, when this happened, because it was days after this started, that they had not isolated it when they gave them the sequence. And why has the data not been shared? No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. Now, the point being is that you could argue they did after that, which I, I don't agree with. I have never seen the evidence for that. 
The point being, they admitted that on the air with mainstream Western media or corporate media. So if they hadn't isolated it and gave them the genetic sequence and every injection stemmed from that, and you can see that by January 13th, two days later, so even then recognized there's no way they could have isolated it in that short period of time, that Moderna had already finalized the sequence for mRNA-1273, which is still the one they use today that in fact they even approved. And yet, that's all they had? February 7th, less than a month later, they already had the batches completed. By February 24th, they were injecting this in people's arms. Hadn't been isolated. Okay, so the point being is that when we understand that that breakdown, back to the points we were making before, how does that make sense with where we currently are? How do we even know this is treating what they claim it's treating? How do we know this isn't causing what we know the science is showing it's causing? Immunodeficiency. I, or maybe that was the point. Maybe this was a plan. I mean, there's plenty of things to ask. Now, with that in mind, understanding the breakdown of the timing and how we know and we can prove now with their own, their own information that they never even cared if it was isolated when they took off making these things and are still now forcing people to take it, even though it's making antibodies for something that isn't currently there. That's a fact. Let's watch what the video says. Let me grab this real quick and see what it has to say. I mean, it's interesting. There's a couple points in this that I think is irrelevant. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I grabbed it a couple of days ago. Shoot. I'll just grab it again real quick. I do that. I had this for a minute and I forget. I guess. Oh, that's right. So I don't have it. Uh, let's see. Shoot. Maybe I put a name on it. Oh, that's interesting. Here, let me play this real quick, and I'll grab that video while it's playing. Cal Zax, Moderna. Seems relevant. Let's start with the flu. So many of us get a vaccine. Uh, what is a vaccine? It is an injection in our arm where we get bits and pieces of the virus, the proteins, and that teaches our immune system to recognize the virus, and so when we get infected, we're not sick. Now, imagine if instead of giving the protein we would give the instructions on how to make the protein, how the body can make its own vaccine. That's an mRNA vaccine. And here's what it looks like from the cell. So the traditional approach has protein floating around your cells. An mRNA vaccine approach has the cells themselves in your own body making the vaccine. What's more alarming, a stranger prowling the neighborhood or somebody who just broke into your ground floor and tripped the alarm? That's what happens with an mRNA vaccine. You've tripped the alarm wire, and now the cell is dialing 911. It's calling the police at the same time as it's making the protein and saying, that's the bad guy. That's how an mRNA vaccine works. Well, oops, forgot that was off. I apologize, guys. I'm not actually quite sure how I misplaced this. That's very frustrating to me. Because the problem is he sent it to me as a file, and then I, I downloaded it, and I'm not able to... Dang it, man. One last look real quick. 100% sure I had this. Now, I'm not suggesting anything weird. I'm sure I'm just misplacing it. That's unfortunate. And frustrates me. Oh, wait, maybe that's it. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, 
Maybe. Let's look at this. That might be it. I guess we'll watch it anyway. <laughs> My apologies. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. However, do we really want to intentionally disperse these modified viruses outside the lab? Is this a forward march of science or a mistake? Join our live event at the 2020 Euroscience Open Forum to explore these questions using recent real-world examples. Our panel of biologists, social scientists, policy experts and ethicists will provide their insights and respond to your questions. Find out more and join the debate in our panel at the 2020 Euroscience Open Forum. Damn it. God, that's driving me crazy. I can't find it. That was an interesting video that was interestingly relevant. We saw that the other day, but so be it. I actually can't express to you how frustrated that makes me. <laughs> Very frustrated about that. It's an important video, and I will definitely come back to it later and let you guys see it. The point being, it was just a Moderna video that's discussing things that seem a little bit outside the realm of what we're supposed to be talking about, about how this thing works and the weird claims they're making. Very frustrating. Moving forward before, oh my God, I'm so mad at myself. Let's, let's all take a moment and laugh at Ryan really quickly about how I just did that and how I set myself up for success and then don't know that I do it all the time. <laughs> I love you guys for being patient with me. Let's watch the video that was right there in front of me the whole time. It all started with isolation of the virus from an infected patient in China. There's the, there's the first point, right? That's not where it started. And I just proved that to you. Literally started with a genetic sequence that was sent and China admitted they never isolated it, right? That, I'm, for sure. I, guys, I'm just kidding, by the way. I'm totally okay with my own mistakes. <laughs> I, just don't, I just hate that it wastes time and makes the show longer. So I apologize for that. But interesting that they would start there, right? It's verifiable that didn't happen. And China admits they didn't do it. So Moderna is either lying or just, you know, I guess taking at face value that they said they did, which is not what science is supposed to be, right? The coronavirus was sequenced and its genetic information was uploaded to a public database. Working together, scientists at the NIH and Moderna identified the sequence for a key protein on the surface of the virus called the spike protein as a good vaccine candidate. Now, remember, this was a choice. Why exactly they would choose to pick the one thing that is the most problematic is beyond me, unless you realize that there was an effort to do that for a reason, right? So just remember, that was a choice. The instructions for making the spike protein were then encoded into an instruction molecule called mRNA, which could be administered directly to patients as a vaccine. 
The vaccine is injected just like other vaccines. The mRNA is taken to immune cells where it instructs cells to make copies of the spike protein as if the cells had been infected by the coronavirus. So right here, we're recognizing, I mean, I don't know if they're trying to hide that this is no longer fact because they've proven that this circulates the bloodstream and it produces more than they say it does and on and on. Or if this is just the algorithm hearing spike protein and think they need to censor it, but then why wouldn't a Moderna spoken up? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Other immune cells shown here as red and orange figures are then able to learn about the spike protein and develop ways to protect the person if they ever come into contact with the actual coronavirus. What makes this approach different is that you don't need to make the virus itself to make a vaccine, a time-consuming and intensive process. Instead, you use the information from the virus and administer the information directly to the patient. This is what it was. Essentially, the patient makes their own vaccine. This cuts out the middleman. Now, that's the first point that we play for you all the time. And that's what that was actually just saying on the other clip, too, that this is something they've been working toward for a long time. Now, this was called fake news when I when I played this, but now it's obviously being shown to be valid. Wall Street and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea. And what essentially it is, is trying to hack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug factories. So they're, that, this is not about one thing. This is their platform. This is how they build their platform. They need your body to be involved. They need to pack your cells and make them into drug factories. Is that not exactly what she just said? Right? That's the clip from, I played, that was from 2020. And I played that in the beginning of all this. Oh, fake news, turning cells into drug factories. That's fake news. Here we are, guys. That's exactly what this design was. And what's funny is the very people that called that fake news were most likely the ones that were well aware this was the plan. That's always how that goes. The patient makes their own vaccine. This cuts out the middleman. Using this approach, NIH and Moderna were able to go from sequence to a vaccine ready for human testing in record time, just 42 days. And there it is. I don't think they want people knowing that, right? Didn't they, didn't they say that we, te- there was the fast, you know, there were years of research. Okay. 42 days, huh? So genetic sequence from China that we don't really vet 42 days later, we're putting things in people's arms. Cool. Safety, longest safety trials and ever. Right. Well, the safety trials end up lasting a couple months, which was easily proven. So let's how, let's pretend that three months is the longest ever. You know, as opposed to the average, which is about twenty four months. I I think this is an intentionally thing that they just kind of put away. But whatever. Now, to be quite honest, since we're over three hours, in the interest of time, I'm going to rattle off some of this last part of it. We're going to get into the data, but we're going to carry some of this over into the next show, which I'm almost certain that I'm going to do a show tomorrow, but I can't promise based on you know life and how things happen. But I have other stuff we'll get into tomorrow as well. But to wrap this up with the last part of this in regard to UK and Scotland data, and I will give you the full breakdown, but I'll just do this quickly. Scotland will hide vaccinated and booster deaths. This is not a secret. This is actively happening. This is happening and they're posting it for you now. You know why? Because you're paying attention. The reason, of course, that Scotland's data was was because it was actually useful, accurate, and showed exactly how well COVID vax is actually working or, in fact, not working. It used to be a treasure trove of useful data. We could immediately see, for example, that people double vaccinated a long time ago are now more susceptible to dying, 
even after age adjustment than unvaccinated people. Just because you want to point only at the third dose does not mean that those people that were long ago told they were fully injected are currently worse off than anybody. That's this increased death rate brings up the possibility of poorer health after vaccination and vaccine-aided immune deficiency syndrome. Exactly. Now, you can pretend that that's only associated with HIV and that's a conspiracy theory, or you can simply realize that vaccine-induced problems happen all the time, including immunodeficiency. What does Public Health of Scotland do when this finds out that this is a problem? Does it open a study to find out why it's ineffective? Does it worry and look into immune health of Scotland people? Does it launch a study to investigate specific deaths and what the reasons are behind them? Nope. Just stop publishing the data because we see it. They just go, nope, no more. Can't look at those statistics anymore. He says, I'm sure that such a behavior would lead to greater trust in safe and effective vaccines, right? It also shows how public health agencies deal with the truth. They hide it. Now, I want to just point this article out because that's where I saw it first. Here is Glasgow Glasgow Times from, from Scotland. COVID data will not be published over concerns that it may be misrepresented by anti-vaxxers. You can't, I mean, this is incredible. This is on its face, openly telling you we are going to hide the truth because that truth is being misrepresented by people we don't like. Now, that means the truth, though. Right. So because we're pointing at truth and I guess they claim misrepresenting it, they hide the truth. Instead of just going, well, here's the truth. They're wrong. Here's the truth. Can't you see? Because it's obvious and we'll explain it. No, because their explanation is ridiculous. Like, you know, the squint out of one eye, hold it in the sun, and it's got to be looked just like this. And you got to hear how we say it. And you got to make sure you read these things simultaneously and t- jump on one foot and <laughs> whatever. That's how you look at it. Which, by the way, makes no sense to anybody, including experts and other statisticians and people that go, well, that's dumb. Because the efficacy and the risk per 100,000 is blatantly obvious. And they just don't like that it's clear. The public health watchdog announced the change in policy in its most recent COVID statistical report, saying the frequency and context of the data would be reviewed. Officials will focus on publishing more robust and complex vaccine effectiveness data. Oh, cool. So like the CDC, where you make it impossible to break down and just basically have to take at face value what they say it is? Exactly. Officials said significant concerns about the data being misused deliberately by anti-vaccination campaigners, right? So now you've put anybody talking about this as deliberate misinformation. Isn't that a little bit subjective? Like, aren't they the ones arguing that people just don't understand it, but apparently it's deliberate when they misunderstand it? Or how about the fact that they're not misunderstanding it? They're just showing you what it says and then letting you think for yourself. And because then you look at it and go, well, that's obvious. They go, oh, anti-vaxxers misusing it because they don't say what we say they're supposed to say. Crazy. Now I'm going to skip this. There was a lot of good stuff in there, but I just the time-wise, I want to show you, first of all, what it says here. And you can read this for yourself. Notice of change that they're going to no longer report COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths by vaccination status on a weekly basis. So they're literally hiding the reality because you guys don't, you can't talk about it. You don't say what we say you're supposed to say. So we're going to hide it from you. It's my ball. I'm going home. Now, don't forget, this is how they break this down. One dose, two dose, three dose. One dose is 21 days prior. So anything up to 21 days that happens gets dumped into unvaccinated. That's a fact. It says that in every place you look, including on the 
Uh, oh, that's weird. Why is it doing that? There it is. Oh, that's, that's frustrating. Hold on. There. That's so funny. It's almost like they don't want you to see this on the break. Here, hold on. Too bad it says it on the main one, too. This is the Wayback Machine. It's interesting that it's all of a sudden showing it that way. We have seen that that gets malignant. Yeah, it's weird. It's just this whole top part is blocking everything, even the graph. There's the graph right there you can see. Hold on. Let me do this. That's frustrating. <laughs> I don't even know how to stop that. That's incredible. You've seen, you've seen me show this page a million times, and yet that keeps covering it. Very interesting. Oh, well, that's good. Went back to the graph that's right there. Ha, ha, ha. Too bad. Anyway, that's all I wanted. And I'll include this since he talks about it in this article. Here's the graph they don't want you to see. I've shown you this many times, showing you that the like 90% of every problem, cases, hospitalizations, and deaths that happens, happens before 20 days of the first shot, right? So what they're showing you or what they're doing by admitting how they do this is that they move it to 21 days which ends up being 70%, 70% of the deaths. There's 21 days. That's 70% of all the deaths that happen. So why would you put 70% of the deaths that happen when you, after you've taken a shot in your arm and dump it back into unvaccinated because you're trying to hide the reality. Same thing with two dose and everything else. You still have a 14 day period where that gets dumped back into one. 14 days where that gets dumped back into two. And of course, unvaccinated is simply a guess. It says right there, unvaccinated population is calculated using the population estimate denominator minus the sum of all affected vaccinated individuals. So they know the vaccinated population and then they guess at the unvaccinated. How much you want to bet they guess incorrectly so they can make it look lower than it is than so the problem looks more pronounced. I could be wrong. But as they hide information from you in real time, because let's pretend that's, uh, let's be real about how they're hiding information. Now, to the point, here's the breakdown. And you'll see right away, the most important part of this is just like I told you what happened with the booster two. Here's the third shot. Guess what? More total. Look at the comparison between, there's unvaccinated in that week is 5,000 compared to 10,000, the boosted, but the risk per 100,000 is more. In every category, 527 versus 340 in the last one. That shows you the risk going down for the uninjected and the risk going up for the third boot. Now, this isn't percentage or this isn't this isn't the numbers. This is the risk per 100,000. That's the actual representation of the risk. Now, I'll include the things they say that they're, yes, there's a difference about testing where unvaccinated get test less or get test more. Yes, that there's an asterisk there. I've never said otherwise. The same reason, except I'll also put the asterisk next to what they say happens before the injection, and they won't. They'll combine the risk, say that everyone's in danger. They'll say, you know, everything. Put the cycle threshold higher. They, 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 they don't pretend that asterisk exists. Or the fact that there's false positives, or they combine the flu and pneumonia. No, fake news. But over here, oh, we got to consider the breakdown of the age differences and all the things they don't do before the injection. Let's pretend like that's honest and, and, and give them that because they're pathetic. But we will admit that there is an obvious way to look at this. There are differences. Then, But after we talk about that, how about we stand back and ask, then why didn't they say that when this looked the way they liked it before? 
when this first started, when it, when it looked like there was a problem on one side more than the other. How about then when I already showed you, they didn't care to do- discuss the differences. Why not? Well, because the number looked the way they liked it. The moment that it flipped, they started going, oh, wait a minute. You can't look at it this way. It doesn't work that way. But you were just using it that way. That's how dumb this has always been. Now, here's the point. The risk is obvious. This is just the cases first. Now, we're going to compare it to the last week as well. So this is the last week we looked at. Now, the cases have obviously gone up. Oh, actually, no, excuse me. They've gone down, I mean. That was the point they're all making, that everything seems to be decreasing overall, which just simply shows you this thing's not more dangerous. Obviously not that the injections are working because what you'll see is the risk is kind of changing hands. Now, the only different place that I think is interesting here is on the cases. Oh, wait, this is, uh, let me make sure I'm not thinking of the wrong report. Oh, I am. Okay, this is for the UK report we'll get to next. There's a really interesting issue in the UK report, as well as right here. I'll show you in a second. I mean, since I already picked it up. Notice this. For those in the podcast, on one dose category, what you see is a really obviously inconsistent breakdown, which you don't see in every other category or every other, you know, two dose, three dose or unvaccinated. It seems reasonably consistent in every other category. 14, 16, 14, 11, 11, seven's a little weird, 10, 10. But over here, you get four risk out of 100,000 up to 12, then down to two, and then down to, and then up to eight. You know why it looks like that? Because they're dumping the stuff over and unvaccinated and it throws off all the statistics. That's, that is an anomaly. It, when you see stuff like this, you're supposed to go, something's wrong, but they don't care. The problem is that's how you make the unvaccinated category look a hell of a lot higher. And even though they're doing that, it still looks lower than everything else. But that's why you get this really weird dip in the first one compared to the unvaccinated, but then it goes skyrocketing over here to two doses, 14, 16 compared to 11 and seven. That's an obvious manipulation, by the way. Now, looking at cases first, here's the breakdown. 95,000 total, whereas there was 149 last month, last week. Unvaccinated represent 20%. Vaccinated, all said and done, account for 80% of all the cases happening. 30, it's 388 per 100,000 risk for the unvaccinated. 565 cases per 100,000 for the fully vaccinated. And guess what? 475 per 100,000 for the boosted. So not only... Do the boosted have a high, not only the fully injected, which is still two in Scotland, have a higher risk. The third doses have a higher risk. That's per 100,000. That's what they tell you makes sense. That's the actual risk broken down. So why would the boosted have a higher risk of getting COVID-19? Supposed to be the opposite, they keep telling us. Well, fully injected alone accounts for 23% of all the cases. Guess what? Boosted by itself accounts for 50% of all the cases in Scotland. Clearly that thing's working, right? The risk is higher, hands down in every category, and the majority of cases are on the fully injected. That's a pandemic of the injected, hands down. Going to hospitalizations, 2,170 this week compared to 2,915 last week. Well, the risk, or rather, excuse me, the total hospitalizations for the uninjected was 370. That's only 17%. Versus 83% of the total, which is injected. Now look at the breakdown up here. Last one was 18 to 82. So it's reasonably similar. The risk, 
388 per 100,000 for uninjected. Guess what, guys? Right now, if you're full boosted. Oh, excuse me. I'm on the wrong spot. Here it was. Boosted. Fully injected is what I meant. <laughs> fully injected, which is the point in there. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm trying to scroll. I knew I was going to do that when I scroll up and down. You have a higher risk of getting in the hospital if you've got two doses in your body. On top of that, all is said and done, 83% of all the hospitalizations in Scotland are injected. 83%. Boosted alone accounts for 57% of all the people in the hospital. How does that possibly make sense? Right now in Scotland, it's about 60% of the population with a booster. I say this every time. How are we going to pretend it makes sense that it would be the same amount? So 60% of the population is boosted and 60% of the people in the hospital are boosted. We know that doesn't make sense. They always maintained it would be a, a larger portion, which you can understand that you, if you have a larger proportion of people with an injection, that you'll have a larger proportion of people that end up having a problem, but not the majority. That indicates it's not working. And they know that. Fully inject is 21%. Now, where were we on the, here's the cases down to the hospitalization. Same point you can see. Look at the totals. Now, what I was going to, what I said last time is what's happening. Right now, you're seeing the numbers begin to top, go higher in the, do, the booster than you have over here, which was just like we saw last time. Like it wasn't before. And now you're starting to see these rise as well. The risk is going up. Now, overall, what you're going to see, especially in the death, which is the most important part, as always, right here. In Scotland, there were 476 deaths in this time frame. 87% of those deaths were in the full, was, were in the injected. 87% of all the deaths happening in this month period in Scotland were people with injections in their body. Yeah, that sure sounds like it's working, right? But let's, let's, let's look at the risk. Well, if you got two doses in your body, you have a ha almost a half a time again risk of dying. 14 deaths per 100,000 for fully injected, but only 10 per 100,000 in the not injected. Guess what, guys? 61% of all the deaths were in boosted alone. How do you pretend that makes sense? Like even remotely, there's no way that actually adds up. It's just incredible. Now, that's a quick rundown of these. Showing you that this is the in the the the, the trade off is right here. I'm glad I, I didn't want to forget to show you this. So, right here we're seeing that last week, un, uninjected people were 19 percent of the the the, the total population with 7.8 deaths per 100,000. Right. Well, going to the next week, that went down. It went down to 13 percent of the total and 10.2. Right. Where are we here? Or excuse me, 19% of the total, and it went down to 13% of the total. Whereas the VAX category went to 87% from 81%. The three-dose category went from 0.94 deaths per 100,000 to 1.5. So sorry, I'm kind of mix, mixing point. That's the main point right there. It VAXed went up, it went up 7% in the total, and almost half a time again per 100,000. So it went from basically one to 1 1.5. How in the world is the risk of dying increasing and the percentage of the total increasing if the booster is supposed to be helping? The total percentage of that uninjected people dying went down. It went from 19% of the total to 13% of the total. 
and their risk increased. Now, look, these are just data points. Now, maybe there's an explanation for it if you want to pretend, play their game. My point simply is that that does not even remotely add up with what they say. They, they're pretending it's an illusion and we're willfully misrepresenting this. I'm simply reporting the breakdown. Their risk went up. Period. Now, here, COVID travel test asked in England, and we showed you this before, only for the two group in Scotland and England, right? Scotland and England have a clear case demic happening, and they stopped testing them. That makes sense, right? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. COVID tests, and they just asked them. And the point in here is that it shows you that fully vaccinated again. Currently, fully vaccinated passengers who travel had two doses. Okay, this was as of January 24th. And they're still playing that game. Okay, so when you have that full picture happening here, the first 21 days or 14 days of the first dose has the majority of the problem getting kicked back into unvaccinated. Also, but, oh, that's why I had this too. It shows you the same thing as in, in Alberta. It's saying that this is the number of cases of unvaccinated or just diagnosed within two weeks. So if it's 13 days in, in Alberta, it gets dumped back into unvaccinated. If it's 20 days in Scotland or England it get, or UK, it gets dumped back into unvaccinated, which brings us to the UK data. Now, this is a lot more obvious to me. Now, first of all, this is crazy. And I pointed this out last time. How in the world? Look at this number. 461,000 cases, they claim, just in under 18. The least at risk. They have the least chance of catching or dying or being hospitalized of anybody on this category. And they're claiming that that many, almost 500,000, were just in that category. Look at the breakdown of this. That accounts for 80% of all of the unvaccinated numbers. Seriously? 80% of all the cases they claim happened in this period happened in under 18, even though they're the least risk. I mean, come on, that's crazy to me. And that, by the way, is another anomaly because they only the last couple of times that's been a problem, but it doesn't line up with everything they're showing you. And by the way, we also know all of the other things that we understand about the false positive tests and about the children going into the hospital and getting tested and being told they're sick and leaving without having symptoms and on and on. And they've admitted all of this. And yet that number just keeps exploding. We're, don't forget, we are not seeing the representation of that in the reports anywhere else. There's a manipulation happening here. Now, when you dump all of that in a category that we're not even acting like we're concerned about, all it does is change the number quite, quite dramatically. So then it goes all the way to 30% of the unvaccinated total to 65 to the vax, which last, for last week, last month, was 8 and 92. That doesn't make, like, really? Come on. That's crazy. They dumped a huge number in this un, eight, under 18 category, in my opinion. But either way, here's the point. It still constitutes the majority, in the, even with that manipulation, in the, in the injected. And 42% of all of the cases are in the boosted alone. Sounds like that's working well, right? That's just ridiculous. And as always, the breakdown seems to highlight the people that are at the most risk having the biggest problem. But the cases, let me just look at the numbers just at face value. Just taking one category, 40 to 49. Out of 312,000 total cases, they claim, only 23 were not injected. 52,000 were people that are considered fully injected. 215,000 cases in just that category alone happened in the people with fully boosted. Or just boosted, I guess. We all know that doesn't make sense. 
But when you go over to the emergency room, again, you see the same anomaly here. My point being, when you jump down to the risk, what, what do you see? It's not very, it's not, especially when you get into the death, which is the most obvious. Look at this. It's zero compared to zero. Zero compared to 0.1. There's, I mean, so if they're actually overrepresenting the problem, why in the world would it not actually represent in the risk? I think that's an obvious example of manipulation, just my opinion. But breaking this down again for both risk, or excuse me, in this case, just the totals, because they don't give you the risk breakdown in an easy, digestible way. They just dump you over here into the totals, which is what I think Scotland's going to start doing, and then it's going to change, I can promise you. Here is the hospitalization. 10,000 hospitalizations, 71% fully injected, only 28% not injected. Almost 50% of all the hospitalizations are in the boosted alone. Pretty clear. Now, the deaths is where this becomes the most pronounced. Now, also, again, I wanted to compare this to last time. Okay. Where were we on? Harder to see this here. So last week. Oh, so there's your, there's your point right there. Last week's report, 40% of the hospitalizations were boosted. And now it's 50, almost 50. Now you could argue they're saying, well, it's because the majority. Well, it hasn't grown enough for that to make sense, but whatever. But then you show 70% of the vaxxed, whereas what is it now? 71. Right? It's increasing, is my point. Now, going down to hospital or to deaths to finish this off, same point. Here's the deaths. Now, interesting that it suddenly is not there because they're not being affected by this. I mean, they're dumping just, you, it'd be kind of difficult to dump deaths in there, right? You can hide the, the fake hospitalizations and cases. These are just my opinions, but deaths are different. So suddenly, oops, no deaths. Isn't that interesting? But back to the point of the breakdown for within 28 days of 5,592 deaths, only 13% were the uninjected. 87% of the deaths, 87% of the deaths, almost 90% were in the fully, were in the injected in general. Almost 60% of those were in the boosted. This is just painful, guys. It's so clear this does not make sense. And then it gets even worse, by the way. You go up to after 60 days, and what happens is that, well, the percentage stays basically the same, but ultimately it breaks down to, I mean, it's basically the same situation. But you compare to the last one, let's see. 81, it went up to 87, right? Look at that. Vaxxed, 81% versus 46 and just the boosted, whereas today it's now 87% and 59 the boosted. Yeah, it just gets worse and worse and worse. But here's Sajid Javid. We're one of the most boosted countries in Europe, and now we're able to open up international travel even further, right? No more testing these people because we don't want you to see what's happening. No more isolation. Why? Because the booster that's already waning and you already admit that because of the boosted category, that's clearly the biggest problem. No, just narrative. That's it. Well, on the last point that I'll leave the rest until next time, guys, as the high wire points out, researchers followed more than 500 people, either vaccinated or infected. The unjabbed infected group saw, guess what? Higher antibody strength after six months. Well, you knew this already, guys, because we've been telling you this from day one, or at least when the data actually flushed out, when that day one from there forward, natural immunity is more powerful than vaccines. Another, another study hints antibodies in the unjabbed COVID survivors are stronger. Isn't that what we just spent time telling you, that they're hiding from you over time than in people who've had two shots but no infection? 
Right, because when you get infected, that adds something more than the shot. Researchers followed more than 500 people. Unjabbed infected group had a higher antibody strength. That's just antibodies. We're not even getting into the T cell, memory B, everything. Antibodies, excuse me, natural immunity has always been better. Vaccines provided more antibodies originally, they said, but levels dropped over time. Now, why that could be, why that's being discussed and why that's dangerous is because one, you're making antibodies for something you don't need right now. On top of that, you're producing more than you need and that causes your body to react badly. And, and again, it stops way too fast. In fact, one day forward, it stops. Three, 30 days forward drops even further. 60 days forward drops after, after three months, increases your risk. Other direction. That's the reality of where you actually are. Now, let me glance really quickly and see if I might want to. I don't know why that ever goes out of focus on me sometimes. That's strange. Now, let's see. It's funny. This light looks different. It makes it almost look like a green screen. It's definitely not. I can touch it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Last couple points here and see if I want to rattle this off. Yeah, I think we'll get into some of this next time. I was going to touch on Bob Saget and a couple other points, but these are things I can get into tomorrow. Nonetheless, I want to end on. Well, we'll actually, we'll end with this point. And I'll include this at the last one here because of how interesting this is and where this seems to be going. The perpetuation of the cases. This is actually pretty incredible to me. Now, we've seen people being forced to do this and manipulated into taking tests, but we know the tests are part of the biggest problem that keeps the illusion going, right? Well, here's somebody that shared this. Now, I do know that a lot of times these bottom parts can be just kind of boilerplate that always get, but it still applies. This is a notice of court fine $330 for what? Here's a fence, COVID-19 testing non-compliance. Now, why was this happening? Well, because you got contact traced or whatever. You were present. Therefore, you have to get a test because we say so because we're in an emergency state, right? Well, it's not, that's not justifiable. Well, guess what it says down here? It's important that you contact us. If you don't pay or arrange this, guess what can happen? A warrant for your arrest, suspend your license, seize or sell your property, take money from your, your bank account, Report overdue fine as part of the credit re reference check, meaning you may or may not be able to get a loan, credit card, higher purchase, restrict your ability to sell your property, stop you from traveling overseas. Doesn't this all weirdly relate to where we're going? Yep. They're saying you, 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 you get a test because we tell you you have to, even though you're not sick. And if you don't, if you don't comply and then end up on your database for the rest of your life, well, we're going to shut your life down, steal your money, stop you from driving, maybe arrest you. Well, we're then, well, we're then going to force an injection in your body and a test and everything else because we have you under our authority. This is the problem. And I said, the ability to force you to test for something you don't have using a test rife with false positives. And when you refuse, the ability to seize your property, bank accounts, suspend your driver's license, even restrict free movement, forcing the case-demic to continue. Well, here we are. Almost a four-hour show. Look at that. Thank you for tuning in today, guys. I had to get all this off my chest and I'm even mad that I didn't get to the rest of it, but I just want this to be, is a good place to stop with, but there's so much going on and I'm going to continue to talk about things like Ukraine and Russia and whatever else, because it's important. And as I clearly see it becoming more relevant in the context of where this is all going, I, oh, I think it's because the microphones are further back. Yeah, that's probably what it was making it look like it's different, the difference of dimension. But what I do notice very clearly, and I'll make this last point is that the shows we did on Ukraine and everything else got far less attention than the other ones for COVID. Now that's, that's fine. I mean, it's actually expected because we've been railing on COVID and people are invested in that narrative and want to hear more about what's it. And then when we, we deviate from that, a lot of the people that don't, well, maybe don't care about foreign policy are like, Oh, we'll come back for the next one. But my point is that that's what I do. I will not base my work on what I think is most popular. 
or what might get the most clicks or views or shares. It's going to be what is most important to me because of what I think is most important for you. That's just how it's always going to be for me. So it may end up being another show about one thing or the other or focused. And, you know, don't expect me just to stay on the trail of certain things. I, you know, I, I jump where I think it's most important and I always will for you. That's what I do it for. And that's why you support us because we're doing this to the best of our ability as honest as we can for the truth. And that's it, which doesn't always mean we're right. But by the way, shoot, I forgot on that note. I was, it turns out I was wrong yesterday about the, the, dang it, I forgot to grab this, the, the, the title that we talked about for the, I'll try to remember to bring that the next show uh, in regard to the, the ambassadors. I can't believe I'm okay. Anyway, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. I apologize. I, I try to make sure we circle back on these things, but you know, we're, we get things wrong just like anybody can. The important part is about making sure you correct things as best you can and just doing your best to be honest and not driven by politics and what's in your be- in the interest of, you know, profit and success and so on. But man, I tell you all the stuff in front of us today, I've never seen it like this. You're, you guys know that you're right. That doesn't mean that we're right about everything we're adding to this, but we are right about the fact that we're being lied to. They are deceiving you. And at some level, they know what they're doing is dangerous. And whether they knew that to begin with, which I believe some people did, now they're just locked in because they can't admit that they did it. Now they have go to prison for that. So they're locked in guys. So we'll keep fighting and keep pushing this forward. Again, I'm really looking forward to my discussion with Catherine, Catherine, uh, Catherine Austin Fitz in the beginning of March. I'm going to try to set up another conversation with James Corbett. I was supposed to circle back at the beginning of the month and I forgot, but that'll be probably coming your way as well. We've been looking to connect. We have Taylor Hudak with some new information coming your way. Some, I think two new interviews being readied. Derek's working on some great work. Robert's always got some stuff in the works right now, foreign policy related. And uh, Derek and I are going to have an interview tomorrow and he's working on some new stuff as well. Nonstop coming at you from the last American Vagabond guys, because they are scared of everything we're doing. And it's because of you, because they can't stop this. T-Lab, pirate posts and pirate streams and donation-based systems. We are breaking the mold and they don't know how to stop that, which doesn't, it doesn't mean they're going to not find ways. They're going to come after the internet. They're going to come after physical locations. They're going to come after domain names, but we'll keep going until then because we're here for you. I love you all as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Questions get asked when people have hesitancy or reluctance to get vaccinated did you go too quickly is the first the answer to that is the speed was a reflection of extraordinary scientific advances and did not compromise safety nor did it compromise scientific integrity the next question is okay but what about the fact is it really safe and is it really effective or is this something the government is trying to put over on us is this something the companies want to take advantage of well let's take a look at what's happened over the past few months we've had clinical trials and thanks to the volunteers in that trial in tens of thousands who have put themselves on the line to prove to the country and the world that these are safe and effective products it is really bittersweet the bitterness is the fact of what the vice president mentioned We still are in the middle of a very difficult situation with record numbers of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. But the sweetness is the light at the end of the tunnel, which I can tell you as we get into January, February, March, and April, that light is going to get brighter and brighter, and the bitterness is going to be replaced by the sweetness. 
we all hope, and I think this is doable, that by the time we get to several months into this year, we will have enough people protected that we can start thinking seriously about the return to normality. And that's up to all of us to step forward and get